Hamid Army, are you ready for what is sure to be the most stupendous WrestleMania review? Of course, I am that on to the beat of the beat, Richard Bronson's victory. And why Ben Hamid is away at play. We have got two very special guest hosts with us. Hey, we're going to see if this boat can float because we are coming heavy with that Hammy's hardware. You know, for, first off here, I, I've been waiting for this one for a long, long time. First, joining us here, he is a two-time, two-time Hammy's Award winner. Rookie of the year, pro of the year. Man, this is what I've been waiting for. Hold on there, buddy. Oh, okay, okay, Ray. The Vets. He's a Rogers guy. The Vet. Rip, 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 Rogers guy. Rick Fickery, you got to say, you know what to say. He's a I, what? I, I, I was going to say, this is, this is my WrestleMania moment, Ray. You get to do it every week, but <clears throat> he's a Rip Rogers guy. He is the vet, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, sir, to the Monday Locker Room. Good morning. This is, uh, this is my Monday Locker Room debut. So really? thank you very much for having me. A, a WrestleMania full of debuts. Mm-hmm. And now the vet making his Monday locker room debut. Uh, hey, they're the first time around for the vet. We've also got with us. He's also a two-time Hemi's Award winner. The affiliate show of the year. The producer of the year. And a Monday locker room OG. He was here day one, ladies and gentlemen. Day one. He got this show off the ground, rocking and rolling. Ooh, licking the finger licking good over there. Big Ray Hernandez, welcome back to your Monday locker room. What's going on, man? I can't believe the vet. It's your first time doing the Monday morning locker room. This is the show of the immortals, the uh whatever the gimmick they say for WrestleMania. I put it all in the description. I'm fucking excited, man. Uh all this left is Friday now. What's left is Friday. Listen, man, you're saying this this you know, th- I have a feeling, uh, like I said, uh, off air, me and the vet are going to have very, maybe we may have very different opinions of this show. I, I absolutely, uh, you know what? I'll save it for later, Rick. Well, I think what's good about it is you, you look up and down two nights, maybe three nights. We'll touch a little bit on the Hall of Fame when we get you guys some quick thoughts on that as well. But I think, that, you know, there was something, you look at the, uh, the kind of the comments, the circles around the different chat groups and that around the internet there, uh, the, internet wrestling community, if you will, since it seems to be that people enjoyed this thing. And I think it was because this was a true variety show. There was a little something for everybody, which means there was a lot for people to enjoy and maybe a lot for people, maybe not so much. It wasn't maybe their cup of tea. But we're going to get into all of that. We're going to dive right in. I do want to thank everybody that's joining us in the chat. I know we are rocking and rolling. A lot of familiar faces. Real quick shout out to the soldier of the year representing the Hamian Army. He is with us. Frank's Picklebell ass back in the chat where it's at. God everybody damn. else, everybody else, Big Ray's going to take care of you, giving you the shout outs. So make sure that you're active in the chat as we hit all these matches and happenings from the weekend that was the stupendous weekend that was WrestleMania weekend. Well, it's, uh, you know, go back to Friday, getting things going, a little bit of a different look for the Hall of Fame. Let's go, we'll go around here. We'll start with you, Vet. Overall thoughts, and of course, the main eventer. Well, you know, what you thought about the Undertaker's very unique and different presentation than uh, what most fans are used to. 
Right. Um, well, it's not a it's not a totally unique look. We've seen this look before. I think this is the look they had when somebody tried to tackle Bret Hart, right? So uh, it's, it's it has That's been similar. seen it has been seen before. Um, but overall, you know, it was a your your standard Hall of Fame, except for like you said, the Undertaker at the end with the 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 uh, what do you call it? The hands free, you know, getting to roam around the ring and and give his give his long speech. It couldn't have been anything else, right? You would have had to give the Undertaker all the time he wanted, um, the freedom to do whatever he wanted, say whatever he wanted. No one's going to count him down or anything like that. So. Uh, so we, we all knew uh, that what to expect there, and I think he obviously delivered. Um, you'll never catch me saying anything bad about The Undertaker. Uh, I was very privileged to be a very infinitesimal part of his career involved in a WrestleMania and such. So, um, But that's not why. It's because he's one of those guys that... Um, you know, when you look back at the totality of the entire professional wrestling business, there's very few people that don't have some sort of like black mark on the record for some scandal or some, you know, behavior or some just just negative reputation, whatever. Like even our most favorite uh, wrestlers of all time have all got those like those vices and those issues and stuff that they've had. And you've never heard anything but professionalism. Uh, from The Undertaker for th the 30 years he was in the WWE and the however many, you know, years before that that he's been in the business. He's always been a guy that you could look to as a a, a paragon of professionalism um, in every every facet, just from and, and, and walking the line between classic pro wrestler and outrageous sports entertainer, taking a gimmick that... You could totally see Vince could have gave this gimmick to anybody. You know, he could have gave it to like a, a Sid Vicious or something and it would have fizzled out in like six months. You know, like the, the gimmick was as ridiculous as all of the ridiculous gimmicks that they've ever been. But it was because of this guy that it got over to the degree that it did, which led us to Friday night and his rightful long awaited induction into the Hall of Fame. Whatever your opinion of the Hall of Fame is, any Hall of Fame he deserves to be first ballot right up there no question no one's going to raise an eyebrow that's the undertaker for you now no, big ray uh you uh, of great a great faith background what, what do you think of the taker i guess he's been making this is a little bit of the routine he's been hitting down there in the uh, the texas christian scene kind uh -huh. of the sunday morning church presentation right what is were he, your thoughts there overall and uh th this look for the taker is he going to church with uh with alice cooper they should start a church together because, you know, Alice Cooper is allegedly Christian as well. Um, I have to I have to disagree with the vet. Uh, you know, the vet is coming in here. He's saying, oh, I can't I can't say anything wrong about the Undertaker. I mean, the guy fucking basically killed his mother and, you know, and, and, and fire in the house. You know, he thought he killed his brother. Never mentioned it to anybody for almost what? How many years? His brother shows up and he acts like he doesn't know him. All right. Then they fight all the freaking time. Turns his back on his brother. He bar he basically buried alive his own freaking manager. You know, pouring cement over the guy. Hello. Ended Hulkamania. You know, in Texas. I mean, disgusting. Just stole all, stole all those poor WrestleMania moments from individuals. Just a disgusting individual. But um, but not, nah, dude. Um, all jokes aside, I mean, the freaking he's the freaking Undertaker, man. And and vet actually, the vet is right. 
uh, he's very rare. Rarely do you have a person that goes an entire career and not hear like terrible things about this person, uh, much like um, New York's own Derek Jeter. I mean, he played in the biggest market in the world. Um, he was at the top of his, you know, not the greatest of all time, but he's at the top. Uh, the Undertaker's right there, man. <clears throat> now, here's a funny thing. Here's a question I have for you quick, for you guys. So, arguably the biggest star in WWE history, <clears throat> is it Hulk Hogan? Stone Cold? Or is it The Undertaker? Because all three of those guys got inducted. And it was it was a big difference uh, for the Undertaker. Is it because the Undertaker never left? Mm-hmm. Stone Cold technically never. Well, he did drop the ball, and, and I guess that's why they gave him like the uh, the big shebang, right? The way they did. I, I think a lot of when you look at the the longevity uh, of what the Undertaker represented, and that's what makes him stand out over you know somebody like an Austin, who really coming in. Obviously, Taker was elsewhere, but relatively unknown. Where people recognize they knew Stunning Steve, you know he had established himself there. The Austin, what was so amazing was such a short boom period, and an Undertaker was kind of always, you know, you look in pro wrestling, you look for that workhorse. Well, truly in the sense of, of what pro wrestling means, right? That everything you really want, Undertaker was that workhorse. Yes, from the absolutely. front to the back. Yeah, and they and like he even mentioned in his speech, like the the amount of shit that they dumped on him to try to get over. You know what I mean? Like on top of all that, so it, it's so Ray. It's like Austin had a good, you know, seven eight year run. Nothing like Aaliyah's run, but pretty good. Um, and then you got, uh, you know, like Hogan. You know, he he had his he had his good run, but like thirty years, <laughs> thirty yeah. solid years. That's crazy. Come on, you can't even. No one can even fathom a 30-year wrestling career in the same place with the same gimmick, even though the gimmick was changed and altered and, and you know modified here and there, but essentially the same. I mean, you will never see the like of that again. You, you never saw the like of it before. You'll never see the like of it again. It just can't be done. It literally can't be done. Um, because before him, the business was totally different and not as you know, widespread, didn't have the reach. Um, it was compartmentalized. And now uh, the business is slowly dying and um, there won't be any, another 30 years in it. So uh, this is the one time in, we were all alive right now to see at least a part um, of that great legacy and we're lucky uh, to have been around now. Is is he the greatest though? I, I was Just to kind of piggyback there on, on Ray's that I was going to throw to you guys, not just the greatest, but he often gets overlooked for the discussions of, you know, pro wrestling's Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. You know, I mean, he, I mean, let alone greatest, you know, he's got to be at least in that, you know, that top four when we talk about, you know, representing the business as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how. Um, I don't know how you would overlook The Undertaker. I mean, like that just said 30 freaking years, 30 years undefeated at WrestleMania. Uh, multiple-time world champion, uh, just an iconic figure. He's one of those figures, <coughs> excuse me, like Razor Ramon, uh, the late great Razor Ramon, uh, Hulk Hogan, Hulk, Hulk, uh, excuse me, Hulk Hogan. I'm just waking up, guys. You have to forgive me. We're having trouble with those H words this morning. We're all yeah, right. it's it's uh, terrible. Um, I mean, Andre the Giant, those are names that you throw out there 
and people just know who they are. They don't have to be wrestling fans. Everybody knows The Undertaker. My mother knows The Undertaker. Well, I mean, it's not her fault. But my aunt knows The Undertaker. She doesn't watch wrestling at all. She knows who that is. She knows a big dead guy. You know, and, and then, you know, like really wrap your head around this gimmick, guys. Like really wrap your head around how The Undertaker, he's the Madonna, by the way, of pro wrestling. And what I mean is that this dude is always on top. He's always going to come out with a number one single, okay? And he's always going to change his look. He's always going to change his moniker. Just like the vet was saying, dude, it's the Madonna, man. He votes. Even, he even, Ma- even Madonna fell off before The Undertaker did. You know, you're right. So, I mean, you're I get what right. your point is, but, but like, she can't hold a candle to The Undertaker. Um, no, I think The Undertaker would beat her quick. Yeah, and that's, and that's just... Match exactly and that's the thing like when you when you put it in those contexts of those guys and their biggest deals like hulk hogan the run was like what six years seven years you know eight years austin eight years what about the rock people always talk about the rock but the rock was only the man six years six seven years if that he was out he was out by 2003 yeah and he just comes back every now and then, just like Austin came back and Hogan came back for another run. You know, after I'm talking about the main Hulkamania run was probably from from like '84 to, you know, '93, if you want to, you know. And it obviously wasn't strong at the end, right? Um, oh. And the Undertaker is just like again, like you were starting to say, right? It's like a shitty gimmick. Like I mean, I thought it was cool when I was when I was nine years old, right? Because oh, he looked ter- terrified when you when he first right. made his debut. It yeah. looks it looked cool, like the outfit looked cool, and idea of it looked cool. But like that could have, like I said, if you gave that to somebody else, that could have just as easily been a Duke the Dumpster Drozzy or yeah. a Doink the Clown or it, it just one of those like occupational gimmicks. It's literally a job, Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like we've gone from thinking of that as somebody that takes care of dead bodies to a wrestler. Like that's how much the the Undertaker has impacted pop culture. Like the first thing we think of is oh Mark Calloway, and the second thing we think of is Mortician. You know what I mean? So that's that's the influence that he have. Uh, and, well, I think and, what's what's so great about it, he is really the epitome of pro res- pro wrestling itself, where you don't have to believe in pro wrestling. You don't have to believe in all the gimmicks, but you believed in the man the entire time. And and I wanted I wanted to also add add um. You know, when the WWE was going into the Attitude Era, and he did change and, and turn into that, uh, what, what was they? What were they putting him over as? Uh, well, in the Attitude, he went more dark because you had the Ministry of Darkness. It was a much more darkness. sinister side that we hadn't seen before. And then, as almost more satanic, right? Exactly, and and that was believable. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like he's the dead man, yeah. But the satanic thing is believable. And then he turns into the biker Undertaker. It's believable. You know, like everything just fucking worked. And then he just came back and went right back to the dead man. You know, because that's what we love. Dude, I, I tell you, man, the Undertaker, I was trying to think off the top of my head. And I want to just give a quick shout out to the entire chat right now. We're about 35 strong, maybe even more than that right now. So thank you guys for joining us live. But um, I was thinking, who is number two when it comes to that? It's a guy like Ric Flair, you know? Did he go on too long? Did Ric Flair diminish his uh, <clears throat> his legacy by by continuing to wrestle in TNA? You know, putting shitty matches together towards the end. Like, who is number two, guys? If the Undertaker, with his longevity and all that other stuff, is number one, who's number two? Put it in the chat. Who's your number two, guys? 
Uh, that, that is kind of a tough one. I, I think my, my first instinct would potentially go to Hogan just for the reinvention. I mean, he, for better or worse, he's been able to remain in headlines, even, you know, through pop culture. Uh, you know, a lot on the back end of this career, as we're talking, though, a lot for worse uh, than the positives that we remember Hulk Hogan for. Mm. We're getting, we getting some, we're getting HBKs, we're getting uh, Hulk Hogan's, we're getting Chris Benoit's. Bastards. Oh my god. Jerry the King Lawler, you son of a bitch. It has to be Frank Pickleberry Ross. Did he For didn't real, he win? Man. Didn't he win a war too? He did. Uh Soldier of the Year. Soldier of the Year. Representing out there in the streets, out there in the streets. But anyway, uh tremendous to see Undertaker. Definitely a, a bright spot of the weekend and in, in what the side that he showed, many that the fans had not seen before. Uh many a tears across the world of professional wrestling with the Undertaker. Going to the hall. Of course, we saw The Undertaker. Also, two emotional moments both nights, night one and two of WrestleMania. Very nice to him. Uh, just short, sweet, say less, get over, get out. Uh, perfect from The Undertaker. But, gentlemen, as we've got a lot to cover, two nights, 14 matches, so many happenings. We're, we're going to just dive right into everything. Let's start night one. We'll get it going here. Oh, so, 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 we're, so we're going to night one. We'll go into. Yeah, I guess that would make sense, right? Ray, did you want to work backwards, Ray? <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering because you know we we dis- did discuss off air. I said, look, you know, give me cues, let me know when you know you're gonna yes. jump in night one. Night, night one, night buddy, two. that's your cue. All right, here we go, ladies Q. and gentlemen. This is night one of WrestleMania. Royal family. All right there, Rick Vickery. Take it away. Good night when we get going here. Gentlemen, did you tune in for the pre-show, night one? They hooked me. They had me. Two hours. Two hours of pre-show I sit through. And I, my, my maybe one of my only disappointments of this WrestleMania, I didn't realize they moved the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Or, I'm sorry, as the graphic said after they announced Madcap, Madcap is the winner, the Andrew the giant. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't realize they moved this thing to Friday to SmackDown. I did skip out on SmackDown this week because of all the other shows going on, especially a loaded Friday evening. Uh, I was disappointed. And I started thinking about these pre-shows. And these things are a rib on the fans, aren't they? Two hours of video packages of shit that we've suffered through watching for, for weeks to months build. No matches. No business going forward. I am done. I swore off pre-shows from this point forward. Good. Uh, because, what do you because watch? Of, because of night one. I, I don't do know. You... They hooked me. The rip was on me, okay? I, I'm the mark there. I'm the pre-show mark. The, uh, here's, what the pre- here's what the pre-show is for. If you're having one of those deals, like, I don't know who's sad enough to do this anymore, but if you have friends over to watch this show or something and you just kind of have it on because you're going to watch it live and it's just on in the background and you got the little panel there with Booker T and whatnot and these little celebrity guests that they trot up there to... You know, expose that they don't really know anything about wrestling. If you if you're into that kind of stuff, and they used to have matches on there too, the whole idea right. of it was be like, here's a match, and if you if you here's a match on the free thing, and if you buy the pay per view, then you'll see more matches just like this. Uh, one of my favorite memorable ones was like the one where it was like, <laughs> think about this for a, a pre show match: Steve Austin versus Yokozuna. And that's the one where Yokozuna climbed up to do the bonsai drop, and the he 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 broke the rope and fell 
and Steve Austin pinned him. Yeah, like that was a pre-show once. Uh, you could have watched that. Was... You could have watched that while you were while you were on the TV Guide channel, and all those shows are scrolling up. And in the corner, in the little corner, you see uh, Yokozuna break the ropes and fall into the ring. Yeah, you could have seen that. Now they just no no more matches. They moved that stuff to SmackDown. Andrew the Giant. Um, <laughs> That's a, a total rib on the fans, too. Like, uh, having Madcap Moss have his name get etched in that trophy. Like, he's even going to be around next year. Um, it's, uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. This is just like your sobriety. I hope the free shows is another thing that you can stay on the I, wagon I guess, for. Yeah, this, this awakening now that I'm seeing the world through you know, these new eyes. <laughs> I, I am done with pre-shows. Uh, they, they have fooled me for all these years of my fandom. At, at 42 years old, I'm making stance. I am done with pre-shows. You, you've had me for, what, two-plus decades, three decades, whatever the hell here. You know what you got to do? You have to have a son, right, that watches wrestling too. And what I did was, you know, I wasn't watching the pre-show. I was at work. I was watching the entire event, both WrestleManias at work. And um, I, I texted Aiden. I said, Aiden, do me a favor, okay? Text me if there's a match during the pre-show because I'm not going to be watching. So I made the kid watch both nights of the pre-show to make sure that he could tell me if there was a match. Never texting me back okay. until the so, show so, started. Someone call 411 Kids and report Big Ray right now. What? They yeah. can pour Aiden sit through two hours no. of that damn pre-show. So no business going forward, but we we do. We finally get to the the uh, the main dish here. We've got night one, WrestleMania. Real quick, I don't know what the hell they were doing with America the Beautiful. I've never heard of those guys. I don't know what a country rocker is. I don't know why they went overboard to say we're in the great state of Texas here, but uh, you know, from the heart of Georgia or whatever the hell they put over. I mean, that was just terrible. Night two was great on that, but okay, so we get into the action here. I was kind of looking forward to this one. I was having a little bit of fun. I enjoy Boogs and Nakamura taking on the Usos. The Usos on that run, that incredible championship reign right now. Unfortunately, inside this one, uh, a little mishap to right. get things going here for WrestleMania. Boogs going down with a with a legit injury, and that knee looked wicked as hell. Uh, cuts this thing short. They only get about six and a half minutes of the action. And on the uh, smack attack yesterday, and money informed me that the you know the word on the street was that they had to cut this thing by like ten minutes uh, to get home. Uh, and of course, Boogs looks like I don't even want to try to pronounce whatever the hell happened there to him, Ray, if you got that handy. But that, that picture, the knee looks wicked. It looks like he's going to be out six to 12 months. Uh, they're going to figure out exactly how the extents of that after they can get him under the knife this week. Um, I'm going to jump in. When I was watching this match, first and foremost, I, I truly believe now after the fact that Boogs and, and Nakamura were supposed to win. I think they were supposed to give the, be given the titles. I was going to ask you guys this. What, what did you think was supposed to happen? That's number one. When... Number two, when he tried to lift both guys and I saw the direction his knee went, immediately I knew he wasn't I knew it wasn't fake. And then there was the the, the instance where again, guys, and we're watching this because we have to analyze this. There's an instance where you can kind of see the gentleman discussing in the ring to finish. Like, all right, what are we gonna do now? You know what I mean? So um yeah, and it was a shorter match. Uh I feel bad for the kid, man. Dude, that guy so so remember I told you, Rick, and I think I told the vet off air at some point juncture or whatever days ago or whatever that um i haven't watched a fucking day of monday night raw and very little smackdown so what i did was i was basically coming into this like a, like a new fan and my god that guy booze uh i haven't watched much of him this guy looked like a, a, a jacked version of a who's the guy that sings we are the champion 
Freddie Mercury. Mercury. He looked like a Jack Freddie freaking Mercury. This guy has money all over him. To see him go down that way <clears throat> made me sad. So he looked like uh, Freddie Mercury without AIDS? Dude. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. What the fuck just happened? What do you mean what happened? What are you, blind? Jesus. Did we get taken off the air? <laughs> We're still on for now, so okay. if you want to get any more shit in. But, um, but anywho. So that that's uh, I thought it was a good match up to that point. I I feel bad for this kid, man. Boogs. So six to ten weeks, you're saying? Oh uh, no, six to twelve months. Twelve months? Yes. Oh my god. Say, uh, quadriceps to patella tendon tear. All right, gorilla. Gorilla monsoon. It's the back gorilla. <laughs> the external occipital protuberance. And he, it's the back gorilla. That's uh, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> I can't do him. By the way, Killer Cross does an amazing uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. You ever seen that video? Uh, just just released. Just out there making the rounds now. Yeah, okay. Just putting it out there. But anyway, Vet, what did you think of the match, man? Well, there wasn't much match to think of. Uh, I didn't know what, really what was going on. I didn't know if this was a work injury at first, be, you know, like when it first happened, because I didn't really see his knee. Um, but... Yeah, after everything went down, I was just kind of like, okay, so did they have to... Obviously, they're they're going to call an audible. So we'll never know if the Usos are really going to go over. <laughs> go, judging by the way some of this WrestleMania was booked, it's completely believable that they could have gotten all this hyped up and then just still had the Usos go over. So that part, we never know. But um, they definitely had to retain after this because you're not going to put the belts on a guy who right now just is on one leg. Um, and that is uh, one of the... You know, sorry, I don't want to, I'm not trying to kick anybody when they're down, but it's just a just scientific um, biological fact that when you do a lot of steroids, um, your body can't keep up with all the muscle that you're putting on, and it's easier for injuries like this to happen. So you're way too strong, and you think you can lift two fucking guys, and guess what? Uh, you, there's no amount of, there's no amount of, uh, uh, chemicals that you can ingest to make your tendons and ligaments stronger they're actually going to get weaker because they're working twice three times four times as hard so um there's that for for anybody that's listening that's thinking about it you know <laughs> doctor supervision please any irony in that that's also the leg that they were using to yes sell the the, the fake gimmick to get them the match and, and that's, that's where it, you know, he was presenting that injury to get the match with the Usos to get the match for WrestleMania. Good vet. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say that's probably where it all came from because he probably did have a legitimate injury and then they worked that injury into the story. And then, because it's not the first time he's been hurt. And uh, so they probably worked the injury into the story and he thought he was fully recovered from it. And turns out maybe not. Just like a uh, like, uh, buckshot kid, just like Fat Heath. <laughs> For those who watch the, the impact attack, the the shoot the shoot becomes the work and returns to a shoot. That that it's right. now. Let me ask you guys a question, man. If if you're the, if you're booking this match, okay. If you, if you're the pencil, all right. If you, if you're the guy agent agenting whatever, I can't say that word. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Being the agent of this match, and you know this guy has a fucking injury. Do you still go with that move? Or do you think it's something that, that he came up like, all right, I'm going to prove that I'm, my leg is not hurt and I'm just going to fucking do it in the match. I'm talking about Mad Cat. Uh, not Mad Cat. What the fuck is it? Boogs. Um, Boogs. You know, at, at one point, I thought those two guys were the same people. 
I, I could see that. Madcap and Boost, they would make an amazing tag. I, I think, to, to your point there, I think it's just what, what Vet said is, yeah, he's, you know, somebody is so full of themselves, for, for better or worse there, oh, I can do this. And they don't realize the extent of where their body re- truly is at. Well, too, also, you know, when you're in the gym and you just lift that stationary bar with that amount of weight on it, you know, you, you're used to that. It's a controlled up and down movement. Right. You got two human beings. It's different. The weight's not dead. It's it's live. It's moving. Uh, there's balance issues. You know, it's it's a whole confluence of things that you, you know, you don't want that kind of thing to happen. Plus, um, he does have a ton of charisma. Boogs does. And he, he does. He's so, he just so happens to also be a strong man. He's also a former he 24-7 champion Joe Average of Old oh, Spice. But don't don't worry about that too much right now. Um, but yeah, so like you don't really be needing to do these feats of strength when you've got this whole other gimmick that you're Jack Freddie Mercury. You know what I mean? Like, So you, you want to and you want to do something cool. Like I get wanting to do something cool, um, but these things can happen. And I think a lot of people thought it was it was part of the show. I mean, let, let's be real. Frank Spicklebarrow was putting it out there. Also, he thought it was a work. I, right? I, I, they did sell the whole wrapping the leg thing and unwrapping the leg. Like you didn't maybe see that Ray, but the reason well they showed on the, part, the recap. You know? They showed on yeah. the recap, right? Right. Uh, which is another recap. reason not to watch the pre-show because they're going to show you the recaps on the pre-show. Then you got to watch them during the show. So another reason not to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, man, again, man. rip rib on me. Again, I had to watch that recap. Seven times, but you and Aiden watching the stupid <laughs> pre-show together. At least now, uh, I wish I would have known because I'm not going to be around anymore for those pre-shows. I wish I would have known. I, I could have texted with him and I could have shared in his misery during that. But ah, well, he's fine. But I'm sure. I'm sure you really, really wasn't even paying attention. He's probably playing with fucking Roblox <laughs> or whatever the fuck video games he's doing. Well, our, our match number two, we get going. It's been a, a very personal grudge match. I was, you know, a lot of fans may be down on this match. I was looking forward to it. I, you know, wholeheartedly believe two of the better performers inside of WWE. They were doing the best with what they could inside of this program creatively. Drew McIntyre, Happy Corbin had a little bit of a teasing, some dissension, turmoil between Corbin and Madcap over the last couple of days here. Uh, they come out even inside the match. They're working together, but, you know, it's maybe not completely on the same page. McIntyre goes over here. Maybe maybe the the real theatrics come post-match. We finally get uh, – what, what's the sword? Is, is it Andrew? What, what does he call that thing? Uh, yes, it's Andrew the Giant. Yes, sword, and, sword Andrew yes, the Giant. Andrew the, sword the Giant. Sword of Omen. It, sword hey, of Omen. We, we finally get a payoff of bits from the sword. Oh, We're cutting ropes. He finally he finally hit something by swinging that thing around. Big Ray, we'll we'll, we'll start with you here on this one. The, the spectacle that was the grudge match, Drew McIntyre, Happy Corbin. What what'd you think here? It was one of the um. So at WrestleMania, <clears throat> we got like what six hours of WrestleMania this year. Uh, About roughly eight eight hours, All right. eight and a half All right. of actual WrestleMania. So in WrestleMania, I always, uh, I always, t- there's two matches. There are always two matches that I, I really don't give two shits about, and this was one of them. Um, I did watch some of it. I wasn't really paying attention to it until I saw him pull pull out the uh, the Sword of Omen to give him sight beyond sight, and then he fucking cut the goddamn rope. That was that was so stupid. I'm sorry, guys. Um, 
And let me just preface by saying, and, and vet, you know, I preface a lot, right, vet? That's what I do. It's I a preface. New York thing, yeah. New York thing. I believe this is one of the best WrestleManias we've had in years. I thoroughly enjoyed 95% of this WrestleMania. Like, I really fucking like this WrestleMania. But this I, was in the 5%? <laughs> this was in that 5%. Um, couldn't give a shit about Drew McIntyre. Couldn't give a shit. And, and I apologize, guys, if you, you don't hear the jackhammering outside, right, at all? All right, beautiful. God damn, man. Billy Ray Valentine bought me this road mic, by the way, as a gift for my wedding. So this Continue is, with the WrestleMania story. So I tell you, this mic, the way... Oh, sorry. Sorry, get out. You know, that's why we have the vet. We, we still have seven more hours. Once again, just being that vet, man. Just just doing what vets do. Anyway, so anywho, um, yeah, I can't give a shit. Does that, does that answer your question? This this was in that 5%. Uh, I could not care less. Well, uh, then, then Ray, how, how do you feel? Because, you know, we'll share some of his knowledge that he shared with us, even though he's not here. He's here with us in spirit. You know how I mean to ask the question when the match was going on. How do you feel for Drew McIntyre? You've just gone from pretty much WrestleMania main events to the popcorn match within a matter of years here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, everybody that's involved in this should be embarrassed, uh, whether it's their fault for being embarrassed or somebody else's fault for them being embarrassed, but everyone involved in this should be embarrassed. Drew McIntyre should be embarrassed for not saying, no, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not carrying this sword around. Uh, he's in the position that he can say that and I've said it multiple times, um, whatever they could do to punish him for saying no to this creative couldn't be worse than doing the creative. So he should speak up for himself. Um, you know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna make me carry the sword around. You're not gonna be naming it after my mother. You're not gonna do any of that for your stupid bullshit. If you want to put a sword in a little toy sword in with my little action figure, you can do that without me doing this on TV. True. Uh, you know true. what I mean? You don't have to disgrace my family. Um, Baron Corbin, like, what needs to be said about Baron Corbin? This guy will never get over. Not at any degree, not in what? any fashion. He's sure? not entertaining. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, nothing against the guy. But he's happy. again because he's doing. He's trying his best, right? And I, I maintain that I don't think anybody could do anything with what they're giving him. And he's much less capable than a lot of the people they have. So that's already like two, two. You know that that's that's a handicap on him. Um, but uh, yeah, and then Madcap Moss, a guy that. You know, you look at this is a real athlete um, that made the transition to wrestling. He's on like he's I think he's on like se- year seven of his Austin eight year run right now. But it seems like he just now came out of nowhere and this is what they give him. And that's what they think of him. So, yes, he is the Andrew the Giant Battle Royal winner. Uh, and you'll never be able to take that away from him. Um, but, you you know, this is the match you're going to be in if your name is Madcap Moss. It's not going to be in the biggest WrestleMania match ever, Brock Lesnar versus Madcap Moss, or, you know what I mean, the title unification match with Madcap Moss. You will never see Madcap Moss in anything resembling a serious money-making program in the WWE. And I don't mean what? the guy, I mean the gimmick. You'll never see Madcap Moss in this. This is the match that he's going to be slated for for his entire career as long as he's in this gimmick. Um so yes, five percent uh, embarrassed. That's all there is to say about it, really. Yeah, so you could say this too. Yeah, pal. That laying it out there. That that was the nicest "you suck" that I've ever heard. Right? 
that's what he does. The vet's like, hey, Ray, you you know, you do a decent job. You know, the vet, he'll try to put me over and shit, but it's just him tearing me apart every week. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we've got a uh, – this is, you know, it, it was a nice start to WrestleMania, but for me, night one, this is where it really picked up. This is where it felt like a big event, big time. The crowd really started coming alive. They were really into this match. We have got our first celebrity sighting. Actually liked, I actually enjoyed the little bit of the build to this one. I think, you know, that they, they kind of push some things at times. But for, you know, dealing with what we deal with in, in WWE Creative today, grading on the curve, this worked for me. We've got The Miz and Logan Paul taking on the Mysterios. I, I really enjoyed the match top to bottom. Uh, I, I love the heat that the heels were getting. I love that they were able at the end to steal the, uh, the payoff, if you will. I thought... Logan Paul went out there, worked his ass off. Of course, I don't know why people were so surprised. I mean, this guy's a professional athlete. He's a top-notch entertainer, social media, you know, phenom. Vet, yeah. your, your thoughts here on our, our first sample of the celebrity for this year's WrestleMania uh, and the tag match as a whole. Yeah, so one of the things that occurred to me as, like, a running theme for this WrestleMania is because, like Ray was saying, he enjoyed it so much. I was thinking as I'm watching this now, if I hadn't watched the three months leading up to this and i just watched this show and all i had to go on was like their quick you know two minute packages catching everybody up on stuff i would think that this was like a legitimately serious wrestling company almost you know what i mean despite the fact that they bring in celebrities and stuff because you're not seeing how terrible awful non-connecting with the crowd the week-to-week -week television is and how many segments fall flat make no sense the formatting is bizarre and schizophrenic um you you this wrestlemania makes the wwe look good it's right. like they know that the eyes are going to be on them this one night and they can't just tr translate this to their weekly programming that's, so that's, funny. The, that's the bigger that's the bigger issue because we sit here over this weekend you see how excited all these fans are if they could even get that 25 percent of the effort that we saw these two nights from week to week how amazing the programming could be and how people would be hooked these promos and one of you know my drawbacks from this wrestlemania is the time spent on the promos but they are they're tremendously put together they're amazing you would think that's just one of the most exciting forms of entertainment mm -hmm. athletics in the right. world on those two-minute promos but you know like vet and i we sit through this shit each and every week where big ray has been able to remove himself and mm -hmm. kind of now enjoy uh, it in the moment i watch NXT. For, for, for a sense you get yeah. nxt but uh -huh. well so so and and with that said so like the problem is that during those builds they're already giving us the payoffs you know what i mean like we've already seen logan oh, paul put put hands on Rey mysterio so this is the first time it should happen but instead we've already seen it so the people are a little less excited than they would be you know and i will agree that um you know i enjoyed this uh from top to almost bottom uh because the finish the finish is a huge fuck you to not only Rey Mysterio, who's got to be the worst treated legend legend that the WWE has ever had. We're like, talking about Undertaker getting all the respect and now we Right, right. And Rey Mysterio has just been doing his thing and is just as over as he's ever been. And he continues to just, you know, have this shit spooned into his mouth week after week for the sake of his son. Like, that's going to go any better, but he's doing it in, in the hopes that his son is going to have, like, a good, memorable career. So that's admirable that Rey Mysterio is doing this. And 
they just keep shitting on him. And this is another one. Like, how do you not put the Mysterios over in this match, especially considering what's going to happen after it? Because the way they do it is they beat Rey Mysterio, then Miz and Logan Paul are celebrating, then the Miz, for no reason whatsoever, turns on Logan Paul just because he... I don't even know why. I can't even make sense of that. But it just happens now. What really should happen is the Mysterios beat Logan Paul like they should because he's not quite on this level. He's impressive for an, for an outsider, not quite a professional wrestler, loses the match. Of course, now Miz has a reason. If you want to hit the skull-crushing finale on him out of nowhere, then that's a reason. Like, you lost this match for me. Fuck you. That's how it makes sense. And everybody goes home happy because the Mysterios won. Happy moment. Logan Paul got beat up. Happy moment. Everybody goes home happy and we just move on into the next thing. Instead, they're just like, eh, we know you're on the cover of the video game, Ray, and you're selling us a lot of copies, but fuck you. Uh, you're, you're losing. Uh, and, that, and that's what we got here instead. So that is one thing I would have changed about this. But Logan Paul was uh, very impressive for, for you know, um, a non-wrestler. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like he did every single move perfectly. It's his in-between. He just doesn't have that spatial awareness of being in the ring and stuff. But other right. than that, um, you know, everything he did looked very safe considering. Yeah. Uh, so um, props on that. Um, but Ray? Well, I was in the chat. Um, I have a group chat with myself, Billy Ray, Billy Ray Valentine, and my co-producer of the year, Colin Wysong. Ridiculously random podcast. Anyway, um, and Billy Ray, who doesn't give much, many props to many people, or much props to many people, was just uh, in love with uh, Logan Paul. He thought the kid did a fantastic job, and I agree. And I have to, I have to say this as well about WrestleMania as a whole before I forget to say it later on as we're reviewing this, this was one of the very first WrestleManias in a long time that I remember that the, there was no lull in the crowd. Like, the crowd was excited night one. Hold on, hear me out. a couple dips. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it was a consistent, like, there was popping and laughing and smiling and people going crazy consistently for the six or seven hours of wrestling we had over two nights. This was a very good match. I enjoyed the match. I agree with you, Vet. I, I do think that uh, they treat Rey Mysterio like shit. But Rey Mysterio has a son who d refuses to go to the gym, apparently. Mm, mm, just And just one just one thing on yeah, that real please. quick, because I see a comment in the chat. Do they really need to put Rey over? No, they don't need to put Rey over. They could put Dominic over. But Logan sure. Paul has to go under. That's Absolutely. the thing. He gets the he gets the shine and the it, you know of being there and doing the moves and impressing everybody and making us hate him for being good and then he loses and then we get okay well at least he lost that 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 is the psychology of this I don't understand what's so difficult about that right and, and what I think is going to happen with this whole thing with Logan Paul don't be surprised if uh, there will be some build to SummerSlam where Logan Paul will get a tag team partner. It'll be Miz, and who's the guy that the Miz well, was Well, now, uh, now they've turned on each other, so it looks like they're going to build towards <laughs> Miz and Paul in some kind of program, or does but, Miz balls up and go to the boxing ring? Who? No, <laughs> you better not. Um, who is Miz uh, uh, like celebrating with in the crowd? Who's that guy? I just thought it was some dude. 
All right. And waiting for the announcer to tell me. Okay, I, th- I thought he was <laughs> they some. They tell you every other damn person. But let me finish my Yeah, thought. I think so, it was just some dude. All right, some random dude. Okay, so rando. So anyway, so so Miz is going to obviously get a partner. Uh, maybe he brings Johnny Morrison back. Who who the fuck knows? But it'll be the Miz and somebody. He's got versus, more Cody in the company now. Sure, but that's not going to happen. It's going to be Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Let me tell you something. That kid, I don't know how long he's been training, but... um. And, and I was I was dying to hear what the vet thought about this match. I was dying to hear whether you know the the vet thought Logan Paul did a good job because I thought the kid did a great job. Again, Billy Ray Valentine thought the kid did a great job. Uh, and you, you used an operative word there, safe. He he seemed to you know the suplexes, everything that he did looked great. Um, I understand what you're saying that he was a little confused with the with the you know how to manage his uh, awareness of where he was in the ring, so on and so forth. But other than that, um, I think the kid. He sold well. Um, he pandered to the crowd well. Um, you know, when he got hit with that skull crushing finale after the match, you know, he he kind of gave it like, what the fuck just happened? Kind of thing. It was just the kid did a great job. And I, I genuinely think, <clears throat> and, and Vet, I want you, I'm asking you, Vet. All right, tell me if I'm wrong. I think if this kid made this his business to really train hard and be part of this business, I think he'd do all right. What do you think? Yeah, of course. But he's not going to do that. So he'd be taking a yeah. major pay. <laughs> and he just showed he doesn't need Word. to. No, he just showed he doesn't need to. Hey, I can just walk in here and do this better than a lot of you. You know, I could do it better than everybody on AEW Dark. So why don't I just do it sometimes and then do everything else I want to do at the same time and not go on your stupid road schedule? And, and you know that that was one of the most telling things about this WrestleMania is it exposed a major problem inside of WWE. Look at who we had here. You got Paul, Knoxville, and McAfee, who, I mean, who is part of their family, but he is a celebrity. He's there because of his celebrity status. Not only did those three shine in the ring and were more impressive than those that we've seen on this show, especially many that are just within the company that didn't make the car, that are in other major companies, not just athletically, but the charisma, the character, the connection. That that should be alarming for professional wrestling. That the, that those on the outside are doing professional wrestling better than professional wrestling. Well, it's 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 not professional wrestling anymore. I think somebody put put a uh, a comment in the chat. This is this is sports entertainment. You know, it's always been that. It's but, always been about showmanship and co- making a connection and drawing people in emotionally and storytelling. These people that want to get over, I can't, you know, I was going back and forth with money yesterday about this and regular people. Well, match of the night. Take your match of the night, stick it up your ass. Oof. Suplexes oh. and headlocks oh. aren't, aren't selling tickets in line. It's Hold personas on. and stories. Will you stop? RBV is telling people to stick things up their ass. Who do you think you are? A wrestler doing a promo on television? Jesus Come on Christ. now. RBV is the, the Dan House. What, the show what are today. people going to be talking Very about? Nice. They're Very talking nice. about the Stone Cold moments. We're talking about the celebrity involvements. We're not talking about a five star classic or some BS like that. Not true. Well, I mean, okay, but at the same time, it is still WrestleMania, and you got to have some of that too. To, right, to, you have to have some credibility. Otherwise, what are you watching? All you're watching is people parade around oiled up in their underwear. You have to have some reason why we're even here in the first place. And the fact that, you know, you had 
you call yourself the company that's sports entertainment and not wrestling and you call yourself the company that's making all this money uh, and and turning higher profits than you ever have and bringing all these celebrities and everything and when it was pandemic wrestling what did you do you had matches in empty arenas because that's all you fucking know so that exposed right there that they're not the entertainers they think they are so wrestling will always be important and it's going to be a cornerstone of the business it's not maybe uh, you can't only just have headlocks and suplexes, um, but you have to have the foundation of what you're still doing so that these things uh, are more special. That's what I'm going to get into when we talk about night two. Um, I agree with you there. I mean, it is the foundation, but this is a variety show. So, you know, so, so yeah. just flat out chastise, you know, that, that you have these other elements and it's to me is where the nonsense is at, where everyone that wants to be the purest one should completely be this. No, and I agree. It shouldn't just all be you know, over the top and zaniness, circus, circus, and we need and, all of that. And if you have like, like to, to Mike Martin's point about Lesnar and Reigns are credible. Yeah. But they're also on the same, they're also on the same show with, uh, you know, Madcap Moss. So it's like when you have credible things, it makes the stuff that's supposed to be entertainment and fun stand out as more like out of place. Sometimes yeah. they just have to, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, but you have to do a better job of interweaving the entertainment with the sports. That's all it is. You have to have a legitimate sports presentation. No one ever watches the Super Bowl and was like, yeah, I'm not that into the Super Bowl because, uh, you know, nobody, you know, uh, Tom Brady didn't set Patrick Mahomes on fire or whatever, you know, well, like that. Yeah, but to to that, that would be awesome, by the way. But how many people are talking about the halftime show? That is the, the difference than what we're getting from the traditional sports aspect of football. That is well, the entertainment value. Well, okay, they're looking but, for something crazy and over the top. They're looking for a titty to pop out. They're, they're looking to someone's going to, you know, drop some different lyrics or something. Like, is someone going to cross a line? You do have all that in the Super Bowl. A, li a little bit. You got the commercials that are there. It's just a concert. Commercials that are there for comic relief. There is a lot of those elements that play into the Super Bowl. Yeah, just not in the football game. See the difference? Well, I watch it on. You don't have Logan Paul playing quarterback. For I, the I watch the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon where they're sliming people after touchdowns. So that's mm -hmm. that's what I'm watching. Uh, speaking of credibility, vet, we got the women's Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Bianca Belair. Becky Lynch, what did this do for the women's division in WWE? Who, me? Yes, yeah, we're going to you that. It's you that's the vet. vet. Um, what did it do for the women's division? What did you think? I mean, was this a lot of people were praising this thing. I, they were happy with it. One of the better outings. I thought better outings. I, I've been pretty harsh on Becky in the past. I thought it was a, right. a better outing for her. Well, I, I love Becky. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that. And my God, how hot was she on this night? Well, how hot was Bianca on this stop? night? Would how hot stop? was every were, were, were the two ladies in this match? That's old, first. Old but, methy, old methy Lynch. There, I look. At, she looked like a villain. Well, I knew I should not like her. But my problem is, I, I don't know if it's in her mind. Something with after the baby, she's lost so much weight. Her, her look has transformed so much. She doesn't look like a pro athlete to me anymore. Nah, she really? still looks like no. I, I, I disagree with that. I think she looks great. I yes. think she looked phenomenal, and and and, and yeah. I'll tell you something. I'm not a big fan of Becky Lynch, but when that woman walked into the ring and she freaking took off her her whatever she was wearing and everything, and she had the fucking crazy eye makeup and the new haircut, bro, I was like that. That's a star. Like she she, she gave off yep. a a big persona type feeling about her, man. A big time persona, would you say? Yes, a Ooh. big time persona, big time. 
Right. Um, but I, vet, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so I mean, right from the entrances, you got you got two people that look like stars. Bianca had that sweet ass drum line, beautiful, like playing her music. Uh, just except for the, did you catch this vet? The uh, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> it sounded like they were chanting when they were coming around. Oh yeah, I didn't quite catch that, but um, but yeah. So so I mean, so you had the big presentation, you had the big match. I didn't. Again, this is one of those ones where it's like, if you watch the build to this, it's like, really, this kind of sucks. But mm-hmm. um, but but actually, in the match, uh, I really liked the match they had. Um, there was a couple of things that they went for they didn't quite get, but I thought they covered those pretty well. Yeah. I, I um, I really did like the match, uh, and I think. Uh, I think Becky did a great job. I think Bianca did a great job. Um, it's uh, I, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. Mm-hmm. This this was big, a, big moment uh, for for Bel Air, right? This is moment. This is match of the night, and I'm saying a lot <clears throat> for night one. Um, bro, Bel Air is that girl is so fucking awesome, and I mean that, man. She's she's just like everything from. And, I, and when I look at at, at, a, at a competitor, you know, you look at every little thing about them, the way they come across uh, your, your TV screen, because this is a TV show. And she just has that star quality, everything from her look, her strength, her smile. And, you know, I, I had a I had a buddy, you know, you know, my friend, eight track Brown, and he's he's getting on my case, uh, shitting on the match because he's an AEW mark saying that, oh, they made mistakes. And number one, and people need to understand this, a great wrestling match is not going to have no mistakes and if it doesn't and if it does have some mistakes and a, and a credit to um by the way a credit to the guys calling the match because there was one instance where where becky did the whole i think she was trying to do a, 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 a off the second rope a top rope whatever she was trying to do the whole gimmick where she landed where she flipped on her and her anyway and her foot actually hit bianca belair right in the face they didn't no sell it. They fucking said, "Oh no, she tried to do that. She did like a, a rolling front kick or whatever the fuck it was, and it landed mm-hmm. right on the eye and shit. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a mistake, but they they went with it, man. And those girls just beat the living hell out of each other, man. And and, and there was so much. It's something that we don't see a lot. And it was a, it was just like a ton of passion between these mm-hmm. two girls. Like like the crowd. I'll, Listen to those crowd were yes. into it, right? Dude, it was like I, I'm watching this match. Okay. And I'm like, it's it's very rare for me to be drawn in. Like, oh, she gonna win? Oh, she gonna win? Oh, she fucking kicked out. I was going crazy watching this match, and just like, you could see that these two young ladies were fully invested in this story, and they told a fantastic story. Storytelling me is a lot to me, especially with pro wrestling. But on top of that, with the athletics, the strength, and everything else that they did, man, bro, this match. This was one of the top matches in WrestleMania uh, between night one and night two. I, I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed this match. It was fantastic, man. And, and and I cannot emphasize enough, and I'll go to you, Rick. I cannot emphasize enough on how much of a star Bianca Belair is. Oh, abs- absolutely, 100%. You know, uh, you know she, she should have been light years ahead of where she's at right now. I think one of you know, the coolest moments there is you compare the images of her winning last year, and it was a look of – you know, almost of, of a fan. Oh, my God, I'm here. Mm-hmm. This year it was a look of, this is my time. I've arrived. I mean, she looked like a champion at, you know, at the podium, accepting her, her championship, the trophy. Uh, Elizabeth talking about 
it was one of the things that did get me. She, it, it, her braid annoys her. She wants to. She wanted to cut that off. I was surprised they didn't play more to the hair that we saw. Yeah, in the show no, no, no hair whipping. Another. Yet. There's another instance of us getting a payoff before we get the payoff match. Like we already ha- like we've already seen the hair whipping and the hair cutting and the attempted hair homicides and like we've already seen all this and and we haven't even had the match yet. Right. So. That's it, yeah, and it completely that's... dismissed. Uh, there was a couple times they teased it at the match, and they just went away from it. I, I do want to shake up the card a little bit here, guys. You know, we're talking about a great outing with the women. Go ahead. Can I, ask, can I ask you a question, guys, real quick before we move on? Is Bianca at a point in her career where you think she can get rid of the hair, that, that gimmick? Does she need it anymore? No, it's it's an idea. It's it identifies with yeah. Don't it's a unique look. You got to keep it there. It it, it, you know if they would have done something to cut it, it would have been a huge mistake. Okay. Yeah. Just just one other. Yeah. One one other thing too before we move on completely. I before I forget about the you know thinking about the mistakes you were talking about that the kind of the things that didn't quite go right. Those aren't the reasons matches are bad. Matches aren't bad because you make a mistake in the match. You know what I mean? The matches are bad because you don't put the match together or don't put together a match that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, we'll see that later. And as far as Bianca, like, this is a case of, like, she's a star and she's arrived, but leading up to this, and this was a payoff to something that happened last year at SummerSlam. That's where this started. But everything after that that's not involved Becky Lynch has completely minimized and marginalized Bianca Belair up to this point. And then they just hand her back to Becky to get the shine on because Becky can do it. Like not only can Becky do it in the terms of like, well, now you're in a higher profile because you're not wrestling Dewdrop, you're wrestling Becky Lynch. Not just that, but just in the ring, Becky's able to like get Bianca what she needs in the match. You know, that's what sometimes I think fans don't give the credit to Becky for being able to do, you know, just, she's not the most, you know, she's not like a friggin' Bret Hart in the ring, but her mind, the way it works and the way she's trying to help get these women over so that they can be at that level, um, that they're not doing for Bianca. They should be doing it for Bianca. It shouldn't all be on Becky. Uh, but they make Bianca seem like an afterthought and she just main evented WrestleMania last year. You know what I mean? And it's like and you completely hit the reset button on it right now because right and now failed, and now it's a failed year yeah now it's like uh okay give it to becky again <laughs> like so so you got to give props to both of them but especially becky for being able to like have to deal with that as well like okay i've got to get her over and keep myself over to a degree i've got to maintain my heat and give her the shine you know and, and not take it away from her and she did that yep now let's shake up the card here a little bit in the run order to stay on topic, though, so much praise for Belair and Becky. Maybe not so much for the other ladies that were at it this this evening. We have mm-hmm. got the uh, the SmackDown Championship. Uh, my girl, the precious Shar Shar, taking on Ronda Rousey. Not making excuses here, but I felt bad for these ladies for where they were placed on the card. You know, anyone, you've got a, a late night Saturday. This thing is running long. The show's running so long, we got a match that was bumped. You know, we lost the whole New Day tag match because they were running out of time here. This is one of those moments, Ray, when I felt the crowd just, they were drained. They, they were ready for Stone Cold. This match lost them. They let them go out there and go damn near 20 minutes, probably yeah. 10 minutes too long inside of this thing, 18 and some change. Uh, inside the match itself, I, I 
yeah, there was some stumbles here and there, but as Vet was saying, it's about how to recover. I thought they did pretty well in this thing. Uh, Ray, we'll go to you here with the uh, the other ladies. As much as you loved Bel Air and Becky, your thoughts here on Rousey and Sharshar. Um, and here's the problem. And I'm going to start this sentence off with here's the problem. The problem is uh, after you have a match like uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, like where do you, you know, I found myself comparing these two matches. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this up here for you, for you, uh, for you guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this during the, uh, the Charlotte Flair match. As you can clearly see, a, uh, a nip slip uh, there. Um, looks like a pepperoni falling out of someone's pocket. But then here, anyway, I want to put that there for, for Vickery. Vic, I'm going to send that to you, bro. Oh, like, is that a pepperoni in your pocket, or are you happy uh, to see me? HD version. Um, well, both. But all jokes aside, man. Um, and it was, there was also a lot of talk backstage that Ronda Rousey was pissed off. Because it's all bullshit. It's the same, I'm sure there's the same people that told, uh, what's his face, uh, Dave Melter, that Cody Rose was gonna back out of his fucking main his his match. Shut the fuck up. Stop it. Would you stop. Um I had a tough time. I had a tough time uh enjoying this match because I kept comparing it to the other girls. And that too. That I mean sense? it's fair it's fair that to make sense? the comparison. That one was so hot. You got the t- you know, the both champion women's championships there. How is it gonna stack up against that first hot match? And you got me too a little bit, Ray. It's getting late, and you're like, "Give me Stone Cold." Uh, but you know what, though? Again, um, the crowd was hot. This was. One I thought of those... they were dead for this one. Well, this is the thing. This remember I told you this. There's a five percent of the, of WrestleMania I wasn't really invested in, and this is part of that five percent. So that's already two matches. And night one, night two kicked ass. I think uh, we'll talk about that soon. But um, but yeah, man, this was uh, this was not great. Not great. And and Ronda Rousey, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Do you guys feel that maybe she's lost a little of that luster? You know, like like it's uh, the baddest woman on the planet. Are you? Are you really when we woman? look at all the special attractions that are brought into this, I know Ronda's had a previous run. She still has that special attraction flair to her. Yeah. No pun intended. Probably the least shine for me. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you, Ray, out of all the other names. And honestly, I think the right person went over. I think putting putting Charlotte Flair... Because everybody expected freaking Ronda Rousey to get to WrestleMania and win this match, um, I wasn't 100 percent sure, but um, I think the right, I think Charlotte Flair was the right pick. And uh, where do we move from here? Who knows? But um, but this match was, yeah, this was. You're right, Rick. This was the, one of those matches that the fans were like, "All right, well, we've seen an awesome fucking kick-ass women's match for a title. We already had that." So, but right. where do you think the ladies stacked up here? Um. Well, first, before I forget, did we skip over some stuff to get yeah, to this? Yeah, just, uh, just, 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 I, I just, just want to shake up. up the order. I just moved up one match. We're good. We'll get to Cody and Seth here. That was in between. Okay. Um. While, while we were on the topic of the ladies, I just want to go right, right. Uh. Well, that's that's fine. Um. So, the problem with this is again, if you've been watching week to week, the lead up to this was absolute dog shit. Um. The the women did not care. Neither one of them. I don't know. Like I already was on record as saying that the money match was obviously uh, Becky and Ronda, you know, and they decided to not do that for whatever reason and give us a match that we've seen at least two times before. 
and make it seem like it's the first time that we're ever seeing it. So you know what's so bad? You, you mentioned the build. I can't even remember what the build was, and I don't even remember those other matches. Right, that well, is they, true. <laughs> they had a match at uh, Survive. Well, Charlotte was in the match because of Becky and the busted nose. The best, the busted nose that everybody says got Becky Lynch over, even though she was already over before that. But that's the the bloody the bloody face from Nia Jax's punch. Becky chose her replacement because she was concussed and could not compete in the match, and she chose Charlotte Flair for Survivor Series. So that's the singles match. Then they had the triple threat match at WrestleMania. So that's two. Two times we've seen Ronda and Charlotte lock up. Now is this time number three. So I guess if you have a short memory, it works. But the buildup sucked. And like you said, you didn't remember any of it because it's most of them going out there and just reciting boring promos that they were handed and they were probably like, uh, Charlotte's been kind of checked out a little bit. Ronda's definitely been checked out a little bit. Um, however, as I mentioned earlier, when you don't watch those shows and you just come in to watch this fresh, you would not have been able to tell how bad the buildup was because these two ladies went at it. This was... I'm not. I, I like this about as much as the Becky and Bianca match, but it was a totally different style match. True. Like you're talking about two grapplers going in and trying to win with science, and it did not look pretty. But it did not look like they were making mistakes. It looked like they were trying to get stuff, and it wasn't. This looked more like what a real fight would look like. The other one was a classic, traditional pro wrestling match. This was more like a, a hybrid, you know, MMA style. And it looked vicious, and it looked like these two did not like each other, even though they probably are just fine with each other. But that's when the bell rings, all those shitty promos and dumbass produced segments where they try to recreate the whole, you know, fighting in the parking lot shit, like all that goes out the window. And now all you have is this so that when you go back on Peacock in five years and say, hey, let me check out that match, you won't remember all that other. You just see the match in a vacuum. And you can enjoy it for what it is, which looked like a struggle. It looked like a contest. Um, uh, I, I thought they did great. Um, not a fan of Charlotte going over, but I'm not a fan of Charlotte going under either. This was one of those ones where I didn't really want either of these women to take a loss here. So it's kind of unfortunate that they did it the way they did. Uh, but the way they did it was fucking sick, where Charlotte comes in with that boot right to the face, and it looks like it knocked her out just long enough to get pinned, and then she wakes up like, what the fuck happened, right? Like, that was, that was probably one of the best individual uh, moments of the entire show, just in terms of the timing of that. You know, where, where Charlotte turns or, or, or Rhonda turns around right into Charlotte's foot, and she got her. So that was that was awesome to me. I like that finish, um, but I just didn't like Ronda going under here. But but that's fine. Uh, so, you know that that's just my personal opinion. Objectively, um, I think these women worked their ass off. They outdid their creative. They outdid their build, um, and I think they definitely held up. The thing that I really didn't like about this match was that it was on this night because why would you put both? Why would right. you on on a when you look at night two and it's like you know you want to talk about a multiverse? This is like a multi match multiverse of like every everybody else that's the garbage gets piled into night two and multi triple threats and four ways and other stuff like that. Like you you couldn't have swapped out this one for one of those matches and and had yeah. like a women's title on each night. Agreed. Uh, yeah, and something that's, so and that's where I say a little fishy hurt. with that. I actually like this match better 
than uh, than the you know the Bel Air mm-hmm. and Becky match. I like the, as Vet said, this thing feel. You, you want to talk about having a realness to it. I like when my wrestling has that raw feel. I mean, how many fights do we see where everything goes perfectly planned? This is YouTube, Ray. I, I'll no. take it down. I was going to say, and I'll keep my hands up where everyone can see them when you get okay. Sure, please. <laughs> but I, I like that, that, that raw, the edginess that we got from this match. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I just felt bad because of the placement. As you said, you've already mm-hmm. had one women's championship match up there. And and at this point, if you were if the sucker like me, you've been sitting here for already six-plus hours, and you're waiting for that glass to shatter. You're ready for Stone right. Cold. They didn't do them a lot of favors, but... So, so what what match would you have put in in this place? You know, where where would you? I mean, I agree with that. It made no sense that they put two women's world title matches on the same damn card. You could have shaken um, a bunch of things around. It was again, this thing should have been moved to the other night, and, and then and they, you bring something over. Uh, you find a way. You squeeze something. You eliminate some BS that should, I don't know to maybe get the buffer to work in the new day. Sheamus crew tag match. Somewhere in there, I, I don't know. But and then, and, the, and then, and then it came after what we're about to talk. Yes, about the, now the, a big moment uh, with a lot of people are revering his match of the night. Uh, a huge moment. I got to admit, this surprised me. The reaction absolutely surprised me. Why? One of the biggest questions coming in. I was, I was curious as to how many of the, and I guess WrestleMania is the spot for this because this is the bubble of bubble. I mean, you've got the the ultimate fans here. Now, going forward, I still question how many of the regular day-to-day going to these live events, Rawls and SmackDowns, remember Cody Rhodes, but this was a spectacular return, especially on the grandest stage of them all. Seth Rollins out. He's waiting for his hand selected by Mr. McMahon opponent. Seth out there uh, apparently raped and slaughtered and skinned the cookie monster for his mm-hmm. ring gear or raided Becky's closet, whatever the hell he had going on. He's That's waiting to see who it is. The world's waiting to see who it is. We hit the uh, professional wrestling has more than one family, blah, blah, blah. The, pl- the place erupts. They they hold us there for a moment. You know, is it really going to be him? Are they, are they pulling the swerve <laughs> on us? But uh, uh, rising up from the stage, Cody Rhodes, place goes crazy. Match itself, they, they come out swinging, man. They got a lot, a lot of shit in here. But, you know, there's a lot to dissect here. Ray, we'll go to you first on this thing. Cody's look, Cody's reaction, the reception, the match itself. Give it to it. Give it to us all here, Ray. So I'm going to walk through my thought process during this whole time. So, again, you know, we knew that he signed with WWE. All right. That, that, was, that was a foregone conclusion. Um, whether he was going to debut at WrestleMania or not, that was the thing. Card is always subject to change, so I always kept that in my back pocket, and I always kept in my and I also kept in my back pocket during this entire thing that WWE never gives us what we really want. You know, we never get what we really want. It's always going to be the Undertaker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, all right. So now we have Seth Rollins in the ring. And he's like, come on, money. You know, time is money. And he's, he's doing his whole fucking, you know, he's with the Cookie Monster gimmick on and everything. Takes it off. And I'm like, all right, now, now this is when he's supposed to do it. Or I'm looking for cues as to when the music's going to hit. Then the lights go off. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And my heart sinks when the lights go off, right? It's the fucking Undertaker. Oh, and then I see the fucking, the, the people with the lights. with, with the, They're so, oh, God damn, it's Bray Wyatt. God damn, I got swerved, right? Because I was told something else. So now the music hits, right? And the electricity coming through my cellular phone. 
was incredible. And I need to I need to also emphasize on the fact that to all you people that say, oh, you just watch WWE. Oh, you just watch AEW. I don't watch AEW. I don't want bullshit. This was the perfect example that we all know. Wrestlers, wrestling fans, WWE fans watch AEW and vice versa. I don't care what anybody says. You're all full of shit if you say you don't because you know you do. Okay, everybody's singing along with Cody Rhodes' fucking AEW theme song. All right, this is the WWE universe. They were very aware of what was going to happen. Okay, so then Cody Rhodes. So then there's a part where they the, the the camera. Tell me if you guys felt this. Cut to Seth Rollins while Cody Rhodes' music is playing, and then Seth Rollins is laughing. I loved it. I loved it. I love that cut. So I'm saying to myself, "Oh fuck, it's a swerve." Here comes the Bray Wyatt theme, or here comes the Undertaker theme. Then you see fucking Cody rising up from the fucking ashes, you know, bro. You know, and then I really, Seth gets serious as hell. He got serious. It reminded me of AJ Styles debuting at the Royal Rumble. It reminded me of uh, the Hardy Boys at WrestleMania. Um, I was there live. I had the same feeling when Cody, when Cody, when uh, Kofi Kingston uh, actually beat uh, Brian Danielson for the WWE title, first Black Heavyweight Champion. That 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 crazy weird uh, rush of emotion and shit like that. That kind of came. I kind of I kind of had some of that, man. To be honest with you, and um, we're going to talk about this match, but I'm interested to hear that what you felt. Uh, what your your thought process was when you were seeing all this playing out, the length that they drew it out and everything. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Well, so my advice to anybody uh, who doesn't get to watch WrestleMania live is don't be on social media. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't think I got one surprise out of this WrestleMania because I'd already seen everything, right? So I didn't have the luxury of not knowing what was going to happen and going through Ray's thought process. But I did have the luxury of kind of having a sense of Cody Rhodes and just never going to believe anything he says or anything anybody says until I see it for myself. So until that moment where you hear the music play, even though I saw already people posting pictures and posting interviews with Ariel Hawani and all this other stuff, I'm like, (laughs) I don't believe it. I'm going to watch myself. I will see it myself. Uh, these could have been doctored photos, you know, I don't know. Um, and then I saw it and I was like, okay, he did it. He finally, he did it. And taking myself and my personal feelings out of it, but looking at it just from the eyes of the fans who, Ray, I don't necessarily agree with you that the people there in attendance are not the day-to-day fans. They are the supermarks. So of course they watch AEW. Mm-hmm. I don't think every single wrestling fan watches it. Most right. people like, trust me, the, I know the plenty of the viewership numbers suggest that there's definitely definitely right and and why why should you when you can just go to social media and get everything spoiled for you in an instant why make the two-hour commitment each week right so so like i get all that but trust me i talked to plenty of people who are wwe fans that have no idea what AEW is or who anybody is on them so that 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 is also a thing so anyways um but just removing my personal feelings from it it's a really cool moment because it's like Yes, this is exactly what you didn't think would happen. These times where 
you picture something in your mind and it doesn't quite go how you think it is maybe almost but not quite and this went exactly how i pictured it in my mind which is a rare thing for the wwe and it also makes me mad because i think of this and i'm like <laughs> you gave cody exactly what you wanted or exactly what he wanted despite your reputation and the history of the way you treat people. And it's like, you can't even call Pete Dunn up and just leave his name Pete Dunn. It's okay if you, you know, put him in the hat and have him run around with his friends and give oh. him this different gimmick. But does his name have to be Butch? You do all this for Cody and he can't just not be Butch. Like that's something that requires no extra effort on your part to just say your name's Pete Dunn still. They won't do that for him. But they do all this for Cody, like, oh, yeah, yeah, just come on back. No, sure. No, yeah, of course you can bring your own music. Of course. We do that all the time. We let people use their own music. That, that always happens. That was and awesome, by the way. Yeah, though. we'll do Sorry. the entrance just like, we'll do the entrance just the way you like it, rising up out of the ground. They did take away his entrance music's entrance music, though. Yes. So, like, there was that little uh, difference. Oh, but I, away, right? I think I think rightly that that was a good decision to nix that. I think that was a little overkill, right? <clears throat> entrance music shouldn't have its own entrance music. But so for that moment and for the fans, um, you know, they got that. They got what they were expecting. They got exactly what they're expecting. They didn't get swerved. It really was Cody. For the people that remember Cody, big moment for him coming back. For the people that don't remember Cody, it felt like a big deal. Like, you should know this. Like, oh, I better know who this guy is pretty quick or I'm going to get lost. That's the important part right and that's and that's a under that's a underrated part of the presentation when you hear people talk about like you you know well russo says a lot like you have to remind these people bonnie hammer would say you have to remind these people every week like it could be somebody's first show and it's like yeah but you also have people complaining it's like i don't need to hear the rules of the royal rumble every single year either like i get it you know what i mean and you will quickly get up to speed if you care um so the point is the match was what it was not a big fan of it um but but uh the moment of cody arriving that's all people will really remember they don't really care what happens in the match or or whatever but um but yeah i think this was this was a a a, a sort of like a nice thing because it's like huh the wwe can get it right uh yeah. when they choose to isn't and it it's shocking, also though, it's also it um, well well it's maddening because you're like <laughs> then why did they purposely choose to not do it right so many other times for so many other people the people that have been there the people that didn't leave and come back the people that have been there the whole time and you know they have to struggle for everything that they get for their loyalty and then this kid comes in and it's like sure whatever you want whatever you want cody Rhodes. you know it's, it's like it's not Rhodes. not saying that cody shouldn't get that i'm just saying do right by the people that have stuck with you and that you continue to pay millions of dollars you know get a return on your investment Hey, one out of ten times. One out of ten times they can get it right. It, it, you're right. That's the frustrating part, that Yeah. So and, and just for people to understand that that song Kingdom was was uh is owned by Cody Rhodes. He, yeah, he he, always... he had that song done like as soon as he left and he took yeah. it with him on the indies before AEW was ever a yeah, thing. That, that so. seemed to confuse a lot of people. They're like, well, how do they use it? He had that the moment he walked out the door right. ready to go. I mean, he was taking at it when he was making the rounds. You know, hitting the VFWs and all that. But big right, real quick on this, um, just before we move on to the tonight's close, night one close. <laughs> a lot of people talk about Cody. He looked a little worn down. Maybe didn't look as spectacular as some others. That the body's shown some wear and tear. It was that the AEW style, or we no. should we be excited to see him now back to working a a, a more I don't know professional no. style, a more relaxed, uh, safer style. I've been waiting for this question. You know what that is? 
that's being the father of a fucking baby. <laughs> that's being the father of a nine-month-old. Cody Rose doesn't come across to me as the type of guy that wouldn't be there for his kid. You know what I mean? I, I have a feeling that Brandy, you know, she, she'll, you know, your turn, honey. I think that's the kind of relationship or situation. And Brandy Rose seems like a tough woman. So you're going to tell me they don't have like six nannies. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not from what I know. If um, you, I, have you ever heard Brandy talk in an interview? I, she is listen, the bro. queen of luxury. You think she's right. doing any of that shit? And listen, you know, <laughs> knowing that, that, you know, Cody Rhodes basically grew up without his father around as much. You know, it's a situation where I'm pretty sure, and I'm, this is all assumption based on on things that I've heard or whatever. And being a father, you want to do more for your kid. You always want to do more for your kid. So I have a feeling that Cody Rose is just fucking tired, dude. He's tired. Um, now, with all that being said, um, I think he will work a safer style. Obviously, you know, more along the lines of let's say the Miz. But that's there's nothing wrong with that, um, dude. This, this was a great match, man. These guys beat the shit out of each other. When Seth Rollins is hitting, welcome back to the big leads, kid. You know, he's punching him in the back of the head and shit. That was great. That was great, man. And um, I get it. I mean, they literally, like, if you looked at Cody after the match, he was just, his all his body was bruised up. His face was smashed up. They This was good. This was good for Cody Rhodes. And, and it made me feel good because... Um, Say what you want to say. He did what he wanted to do. He went to AEW. He tried. Um, AEW, I feel, in my humble opinion, fucked him over. Okay, I'm going to use that term. They fucked oh, him shut over. Shut up, Ray. What are you they talking fuck- about? Fucked him over. No, AEW. no, no. Let me explain. Okay. No, well, let me. Can I finish my thought first? N- no, because I'm going to forget. Just because I'm going to forget. That's the only reason. I'm going to forget okay. what I'm going right. to say. All right, Colin. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, so the way I the way I look at Cody Rhodes's thing is he had the carte blanche to do whatever he wanted over there and everything he did fell flat. So he said, let me just go back to the comfort of people telling me what to do. I think that's the only way we can really look at this situation because he co-founded it. He had like he, everything he, he went out there to do. Like, I'm sure that was all him, you know, the big, the big speeches, the big weigh-ins, all that fun stuff that he got to do. And then he's like, and when he, when he drowned on his own, he's like, okay, I need a life preserver. I'll go back to the WWE. That's the only way I can, I can justify this move in my mind. It's it, if he didn't get, if AEW fucked him over, how did AEW fucked him over? Yeah. They fucked him over because they didn't protect him from himself. That's how AEW fucked him over. Um, and this place is going to shut a lot of that shit down and more. But go on with your point. Anyway, so what I was saying was AEW fucked him over because I believe that Cody Rhodes had a clear vision of what he wanted AEW to be. And when the, when the company started, they kind of started along the lines of that vision. The more Tony Khan became involved, the less Cody Rhodes became involved. So basically, when I say they fucked him over... They told Cody Rose, no, 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 we're just going to do what the WWE does. We're going to bring all the WWE guys in. Fuck, fuck, fuck your thought of, of, of bringing in new, young, fresh talent from the indies. Fuck that idea. We'll do, we'll do what everybody does. It's business. And this is what pisses me off with, with people on fucking social media burning fucking their, their, their Cody Rhodes T-shirts and their stupid cards and, their, and throwing away their stupid Cody Rhodes dolls. Are you, are you idiots? Seriously, are you that dumb? It's business. It's business. And Cody Rhodes realized it was business. Oh, here's the business I, line. I think here's the deal. Cody Rhodes, I think, 
genuinely wanted to do something special. He did. And I think he wanted to honor his father by doing that special thing. I'm telling you, you're shaking your head. No, listen, you or I don't know for sure what went on back there, do we? Do we know what's going on in Cody Rhodes' head and heart and mind? No, we don't. But what I can say is that if you offer me a $3 million, five-year guaranteed contract, also within that contract saying that you can do your shows, you're going to get a huge fucking uh, piece of the merchandise, and we're going to have you uh, work with NXT because of what your dad did in NXT. You're going to be able to live off that legacy. Dude, this dude got three shirts on WWE.com already. I was going to say, for those people that burn their shirts, if you get back on the Cody train, yeah. there's a whole new line for yeah. you out there. So all I'm saying is, look, when I say, I, I don't know if the operative term or the right term is that AEW fucked Cody Rhodes over. I just think pro wrestling is it's the business, man. It's the way it is. I think he really genuinely, this is my opinion, doesn't make it right. This is what I just think. I think he really wanted to do something special, different. He wanted to help the young talent. He wanted to help the indie guys. He wanted to make something. He wanted to create something different than WWE. And when shit hits the fan, when money gets involved, when you get a billionaire who comes in who's clearly on fucking cocaine and wants to do shit his way, just fuck it. Go back home. It's the prod it's the prodigal son. That's what this is. That's that's what this story is. A billionaire that's clearly on cocaine that comes in and does what he wants to do. Comes in, there wouldn't have been anything to come into if it Whatever. wasn't for you Tony, I mean. first of all. What I'm well, saying, that's an I, important that's an important point okay. to bring up because there would not have even where would Cody Rhodes have gone mm -hmm. if there wasn't a billionaire to bankroll a company? Also, Her, what right. do you have to say about Cody Rhodes and when everything he everything he's doing in AEW shitting the bed and the fans hating it? Where, where what do you have to say about that part of the argument? When, and when how do you how do you bring in and and third and third how do you bring in the young talent uh, to make a company how you want it to be, uh, mm. how do you get to make? How do you get to help the young talent and make a company what you want to be when you just walk out the door? Because things aren't going how you exactly the way you want it at a certain how period of time. How many years has it been that he's been with that company? When he started, three, three years three. now. It's been three years. So say barely four, three. Four with the planning. Okay, you're in an abusive relationship for three years. Sometimes you fucking leave. Is what it is. Well, he wasn't saying it was abusive for all three of those years. Now we don't he? know what was happening back there, dude. But all we, we can see what look. They're giving him the TV time, and he. You're gonna tell me that Cody Rhodes was doing exactly what he was told to That's do every time he went out there. Fans are assholes. They're fickle. They get what they, they they get what they want. Okay, and then when they get it, they turn on it. It happens well, every fucking. It happens with Roman Reigns. Happened with Daniel Bryan. Happened with Hulk Hogan. Okay, it happens. That's what happens. You, but you right. saying that, you saying that, even if it's true, that doesn't that doesn't change the other point. I'm not making that point. You're right. you're arguing a different point. What okay. I'm saying is, Cody Rhodes is in a position to do whatever he wants without a corporate structure leaning on him, saying you can you have to run everything by us. You have to right. you have to get our permissions. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to be where we say, right. when we say, how we say, all this other stuff. He's got the freedom over there to have his version of that, where he's more like. Uh, a Vince McMahon than he will be in the WWE mm -hmm. and yeah there are some things that maybe don't go exactly his way but right. every time he went out there I'm sure he had the agency to sink or swim on his own merits do you know that for and sure I I can tell by what the product that they're putting on and by what he's doing and the fans reactions to what he's doing 
And can I, I can tell by and I can tell by my my knowledge of Cody Rhodes and my experience around Cody Rhodes, the way right. he behaves. And I'm like, this is clearly what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the hell would have advised him to do this bullshit. Right. You know, the, the tone deafness of having a reality show with his wife. Like, uh, you, you mean to tell me that somebody made him do that? And that's why, you know, like somebody said, Cody, you need to do this reality show. You have to. Right. You, you've got to expose yeah, I mean, all your business for everybody to see. Everybody was begging for. Let me, let, me right. just, let me just clarify the one thing that, that you jumped on me about when I said that, that Tony Khan came in. You're right. Tony Khan bankrolled it from the beginning. When I meant, when I said came in, I should have said when Tony Khan took over creative control. That's what I should have said. Well, he always had creative. Let's see, we, we, we had it to race point there when when we saw the rollout of the company, and maybe if it was cosmetic, you know, on the surface, the way it was presented, that this was going to be those executive vice presidents. It was going to be the vision that we saw from the elite, from the Bucks, from Omega to a sense, and especially Cody. And then we saw more prominence of TK kind of emerge. I think that's what Ray. Is that's speaking. all I'm trying to say. And and the guys, the guy was in the, the he was in the company from the ground up, dude. Like, there's nothing worse than you building on something. And trust me, I've been there. All right, I've been there where I built something from the fucking ground, okay, ground up. And then you start working with people, and they start having different ideas, and they start wanting to do shit. The other way, and then you're you're outnumbered. You just fucking leave. There we go. What the fuck you think happened at WrestleZone? Wait a minute. So we get a scoop here. <laughs> Seven years, Big Ray's going back to WrestleZone. He's making his big announcement. But, but, but this is what I'm saying. Like, this is the, the that's a perfect example. We, we're at WrestleZone. We're given me and Ben had these fucking awesome fucking ideas to do what we're doing here on that platform. But no, fucking Tony Khan over there wanted to do shit his way. And he wasn't listening. He didn't listen. Okay. He didn't want to listen. He wanted he just wanted he just had a narrow, straight idea of what he wanted to do. So we said, all right, fuck it. We'll do it our okay. own way. Okay. All that being said, mm. you go back to the fucking WWE. Why like not? you think Where that's gonna go? You think that's the answer to your yes. creative your creative freedom problems? No, the WWE, really? This is, this is Butch, what I'm trying to tell you. really? Listen, the WWE. But this is this is the problem. This is what I'm trying to say. There comes a point in a man's life as a father and a husband where you say, "Fuck this shit." Let me fucking set up my daughter and let me just make sure that my wife is set. Let me just take care of my family. You know what I'm saying? Go get that payday. Right. Get that payday. But but what Vet's saying is you sacrifice all that other stuff. Right. And money. It's not like he was getting peanuts. That's the thing. It's not like he wasn't getting peanuts, but now. Well, I'm going to starve over here in AEW with my millions of dollars, right? Yo, he says some shit. Where get that McDonald's app going. He he says some shit where he was struggling under the uh the shadow of his father, whatever the fuck he said, right? And now he's accepting it. Listen, you know, just because Cody Rose was a certain way when you when you worked with him or when you were with him in OVW back in the day, doesn't mean people can change. People can evolve, people can grow. I'm not the same person I was at 20 that I am now at 46. And I sure as fuck ain't the same person I was at 30 that I am 46. You change, you you adjust, you move, you you do different things. You know, I, I was a private investigator, bro, for eight years. I was making twice as much money than I am now. But the reason I left that shit was because I didn't have any time for my family. So I did something different. That is a reality show. So, I you, like so, so you go, so you, so again, yeah, no time for your family. I went to the WWE. 
Yeah, you went to the WWE, and so you work more days and see your family less. That's what Cody Rhodes is about to embark on. So that that's the thing. Like, is that I a get, fact? Is that a fact? I get leaving. You know what his contract looks like? It's more than one day a week. It's more than one day a week. That's uh, for damn sure. Listen, and no, and they're not going to be letting you do no big show on TBS and this other stuff unless oh, they, they say so. Oh, they are. Unless, unless, unless the they, I, I said unless they unless. say so. So uh, when they decide that the contract changes... Okay, look, this is my my point is you're right about everything you say. That doesn't make me wrong about what I'm saying. I think he's stupid for going back to the WWE if so if the issue was mm -hmm. that he had no creative freedom. That is stupid to me. Money, if they pay more money, yeah, go there. And if it's like what I basically believe, which is like you had a chance to do it on your own, you fucked it up and now you want to be told what to do again that's good too if that's your comfort if that's your security blanket then go back to that there's nothing wrong with doing right. it but i mean that has nothing to do with uh making it like oh i got to go back to wwe where things are so much better and 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 you know the grass is always greener on the other side nothing so we'll, we'll just we'll just see all right we'll just we, see we, what we, we we have got the heat here let's stop this before it turns into a no hold barred match oh god Let, let's move on okay. to some more heat the 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 main event, if you will, the marquee for night one. It's the KO show. Mm. Uh, and they're coming at it. KO, this has been 19 years into making this this reaction, this pop. This is ridiculous. This is insane. <laughs> KO's out there. He brings out his special guest, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That, as you've been saying, uh, the running theme for this insanely just terrible build to this. But this is about the moment. This, mm -hmm. this is what it's about. This is insane. Stone Cold Steve Austin, back out. We are all anticipating the action, what we're going to get, what's the violence that's about to unfold here. It turns into a match. Vet, I'm, I'm just going to turn it to you on this one, man. Mm -hmm. Get us into this main event close. Yeah, so exactly right. The, this could be some of the worst creative I've ever seen for a marquee WrestleMania match. I mean, the cre the, the shit created for like Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin is one thing, but we're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin here. Uh, so we all, I don't need to re recap the entire creative. Um, Y'all saw it. Um, but uh, what, what was it? Y'all, I hate Texas. Ooh, that was it. Right. And Kevin Owens, one of the master uh, chicken salad and lemonade makers, um, he did the best he could. Uh, and... I guess it got us here. So just like everybody wanted, I think um, we saw pretty much what we were expecting to see. This was this had to close the show as also, which I had previously said, because uh, for no other reason that you cannot follow this. No one wants to follow Steve Austin in Texas. Uh, so they had to close the show with it. Um, but I think, they, I think they almost learned that on night two as well. <laughs> right. So anyways... Yeah, and, and they did almost everything that even I wanted them to do. The only thing that would have been great is, uh, is you know, how Kevin Owens was saying, like, you know, I tricked you, Steve. Uh, I brought you out here for an interview, but I want to have a fight. It, the only thing missing was Steve Austin saying, well, you know what, Kevin? Uh, I tricked you, too, because uh, this was always going to be a fight or something like that. You know, just just that little thing. Instead, it was kind of like for, for the most part. And this is exactly what the people wanted, I think. But it was like it was like going to see a band that you like and then playing all the hits, basically. 
You know, you got all of Steve Austin's catchphrases. Uh, you got a bunch of punches and kicks and some surprise suplexes. A lot of cursing. Uh, some, yeah, a lot of cursing. Lot some of cursing. beers, uh, some stunners. Uh, what I don't know what they could have done to send the people uh, home happy more than what they did. Um, this was the only way to finish this night out. Ray, what was your reaction? What was the pop? And, and in share, what was the feeling with Aiden, you know, of someone that didn't get to live through that like we did? So the thing about my son is, again, he's 13 going, to be going on 14. Aiden's a little bit of a wrestling historian. So when it comes to that, he'll know his Andre the Giants. He'll know his Hulk Hogan's, his, his, his goddamn fucking jackhammers. Hold on, let me close this goddamn window. Goddamn Dominicans next door. Anyway. I thought they moved. They did. They came back just to jackhammer because they knew we were doing WrestleMania. That's it. Um, so, anywho, um, Aiden's Aiden was excited about this because he never had. It's like, like I had told the story many times when my dad took me to Madison Square Garden, and you know I didn't know who this old uh, Italian guy in this terrible sweater was, you know, beating up on Roddy Roddy or Roddy Roddy Piper hitting him with a chair, and my dad's like, "Oh, that's the Muhammad Ali of wrestling. That's Bruno San Martino." And that's the moment I had with Aiden. You know, this you're gonna see Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is he gonna wrestle Dad? Is he gonna actually fight? I think, uh, yeah, I think he is. I think he is. And I, I was hoping that they would go this route because anything less than, and I think Vet, I think you have said it, or, or one of the other guys has said it um, on the Smack Attack. But you know, you could have even just had the talk show and the stunner and everybody go home happy. Mm-hmm. But if you watch this match for what it was, and if you've lived through the Attitude Era, if you remember Stone Cold Steve Austin, this is what he did. Nothing more, nothing less. He was a punch, a kick, uh, an occasional suplex, an occasional... We didn't get the Luthez press. We didn't get that. But other than that, man, um, uh, this was great, man. Uh, it was a great moment. Uh, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin doing what Stone... I was... I found myself very worried about him taking those uh, certain bumps, obviously. like He looked like look phenomenal. He looked great. I thought he was going to take the shirt off. You know, he didn't do that, but it is I what it is. Stone, the same. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't do it. It's fine. Fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. I got to see, and then he, they kicked ass, man. Like, it's a great way. Now, I have a question for you guys. I don't know the answer to this because I went to the very last one night only WrestleMania, which was the one at MetLife Stadium. Um, before they the, the following year they went to two nights. Do the people going to WrestleMania pay for each night individually, or is it like a package deal? Like you're, you're there's, there. There's there's different deals. You can do both. You can do an individual. Okay. So do you think that the people, Rick, that came just for that one night got their money's worth? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, we're, people are talking about match of the night here. This is the match of the night for me. This is what had me standing up here in my living room. This, yeah. this is what I'm excited about. What is Ray sitting there talking about getting to describe and share that moment with his son that I can feel that energy from. That's what professional wrestling is about to me. What? And there's no way in hell you're following that up, which already stacked the deck against what? Sorry, I hit that button too soon. I, I'm trying to get you in between. Uh, each, each that's why I was missing up my, uh, my delivery there for you. <laughs> so... Did you have Rick that uh, that nostalgia pop that you were waiting for? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what I was. And you know, sitting through that match before, it's like okay, as much as I enjoyed it, and I thought it was the better of the women's match, it was still let's get to it. 
You know, people people say, and I want to ask Vet this. You know, people say, I mean, the shit I was seeing on, on social media. Social media is is, is a, especially during a night like this. It's one of the most interesting places to be. Yeah, it's very fun. It's so it's, fun. It's such a such a nice time. So fun. People just saying, "Oh, Kevin Owens, he resigned to the, to the WWE for this to get." Buried. Oh my god! I, I got into an argument in a group with someone about this. It was the most asinine thing I've ever heard. God, it, people fucking, calling this like a calling this a low moment for Kevin Owens. How a could low they moment, vet? Please, please, say something. Uh, a low I moment mean, for Kevin Owens. For Kevin I, Owens. Yeah. I uh, I had previously speculated uh, that. This could have been one of the carrots they dangled in front of Kevin Owens to re-sign his contract. Like, he's probably like, you know what, I'm out of here, I'm going to AEW, you guys suck dick. And I wouldn't blame him for saying that the way he'd been treated up to that point. But, you know, they're like, well, I guess this whole thing at Steve Austin with WrestleMania will just have to go to someone else. Perhaps Seth Rollins would be happy to take some stunners and drink some someone beers. Someone get Cesaro on the line. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Owens is like, well, hold on a second, you know, like, let's see that. Let me reread that. So, you know, that that's a possibility of something that was talked about just in terms of like things that could happen. Um, I know, you know, there's also been a lot of people saying like, you know, oh, this is the best they got for Stone Cold Steve Austin is Kevin Owens, this slob, you know, like people not respecting Kevin Owens, like he's a great, great talent. I mean, it's one thing that is sad is that Kevin Owens was not built up better than this to be in this spot. Because then it, it, there wouldn't be any doubt from people. If, if you had taken Kevin Owens from his from his debut in the company, uh, beating John Cena and all that stuff, and had had properly elevated him to to this level, this would have been even more of a huge draw than it was. It's like, well, why wouldn't Stone Cold come back and fight Kevin Owens or whatever? You know what I mean? Now it seems like it comes out of nowhere because they've been they have been burying him without Steve Austin going over on him. So, you know, in 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 totality, um it's unfortunate for Kevin Owens that it couldn't have been even bigger, but it's a spot that anybody would be happy to be in. Can you imagine being in a spot with Stone Cold Steve Austin and not yourself suggesting that you take the stunner and get beers poured on you? Like, isn't that what you want to do? Like, why would you want to go over Steve Austin? Like, what does that do? This doesn't, doesn't do anything for you. You know, so, and, and did you also notice that Kevin Owens was smart enough during the interview to say, like, you know, I got kind of a bad back, but... You know what I mean? Like, even just like giving himself that out, like a true heel, like, you know, it doesn't matter what happens because I got a bad back. Like, right. so genius. I almost can promise you nobody told him to say that. Like, he knew that he had to do something just, just for that, just to answer that cross-section of the audience that's looking at it like he's getting buried for losing in a, a match with Steve Austin. So, um, you know, you, you can't put too much stock into social media or whatever. It'll just get you mad. Uh, but it is nice to see though, like what other people are saying so that you can think about it. You know what I mean? And like, laugh at, and laugh at them. Yeah. Like you are like, even the people that are even the, that's funny. Cause you mentioned earlier, the people burning pictures and shirts of Cody and stuff like that. It's like, well, to you, you're looking at that. Like that's a real thing to them. They're just like, I'm going to post a picture of me burning this trading card. Cause 
you know, I'm just going to make that. That's just what I want to post right now. It's not like they think too much about it. Like they're really stressing over it, but they just easily make a post. Like here's a picture of me burning a card. Does it, does it mean that they're consumed by it? Or does it mean that they're just trying to, you know, get, get noticed? I mean, I, I think that's a, a good, that's a really actually good consumed by that though. In their, in so, their some employees. people are, some people are, but point. we cannot assume that they're all not do like, dude, it's so easy to quickly type a comment in social media and just put your phone down and like, like you're really sitting there mad about it. We, we, we think they are, but who's getting work then, right? Can, can, can so, I just, I'll just put out there real quick, and I know we're jumping in the night too soon. Um, <laughs> most of what I posted on social media was just to get a reaction, just to get people pissed off a little bit. Um, am I a huge Cody Rhodes fan? Eh, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've never not liked Cody Rhodes. But you know, I just wanted to see if people would get upset. I was I was shocked, Vet and and Rick. I was shocked at how many people didn't go at me like, "Oh, he's a traitor to AEW and all this other shit." I posted it everywhere. You know, I posted pictures uh, of him and fucking the the angry AEW guy and everything, and nothing. Everybody was in support, so I was. You know, the social media can shock you too, man. So hey, but it was if you, if you want to find a, uh, a a commonplace, we got it all on file for you. For all the stupid shit that AEW fans say, go on over to Facebook, find the Hobby Media live discussion group. We got an incredible thread, over a thousand <laughs> posted there going strong. So you what, is it, what, what stupid shit that AEW? Uh, stupid, the, the uh, unofficial official thread for stupid shit that AEW fans post. So we, we've got yes. that going for you. Over on the Facebook group, Hameen Media Discussion Group. But Big Ray, it's time. Yeah. You know what to do. Hit hit the sounds for night two. What's Linda McMahon doing here? What's Linda McMahon doing in the impact zone? <laughs> Speaking of night two, what are they doing here? Real, real quick, we're gonna get through. A, we'll get through the open in a couple of these first two matches. Real quick, we'll get ourselves back on track. But uh, yeah, the game out to open it up. Mm -hmm. He kills about fifteen minutes to pretty much just do what he's already done for us on ESPN. But big ready, just move you in any way. Vet, just jump in and just move you guys in any way. I bet Yo Jimbo hated this. Why? I tell you, uh, who, I, I tell you who hated it. A Track Brown. He hates fucking Triple H. I'll say, uh, man, he really did his job Bill, in the two thousands, didn't he? Billy Ray, Billy Ray, not a fan either, man. He he gets on him as well. Man, you know, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I, I, I don't know why people hate Triple H so much. I, I never. I ne that's another guy. I mean, he does the water thing. He married Stephanie McMahon. I did. I mean, listen, man, all jokes aside, people call him the ultimate B-plus player and all this other bullshit. I've been following Triple H since uh, he was terrorizing <laughs> back in WCW, the old WCW, when he still said it like WCW. And um, I think that, I think uh, Triple H has had a, a fantastic fucking career. I think he is a fucking legend. Uh, King of Kings? I don't know about that, but he's certainly... Uh, he certainly had made his mark in the wrestling world. And I think, I think, guys, I think, again, this is think, 
that he genuinely also, along the lines of Cody Rhodes, wanted to make NXT something different and special, which he did for quite some time. Me and Vet, we, 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 we review NXT here for the next, le- uh, next level wrestling review every single Wednesday at uh, 11, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here at Hami Media. And, um, you know, we, we've spoken a couple of times on, on how great NXT actually was. When I think when Triple H had full reign of it. So if anything, I think he's left uh, quite an indelible mark on professional wrestling. And I think Triple H is underrated when it comes to his in-ring acumen, if that's fair to say. I think, uh, I mean, how many times have you heard Triple H hurting somebody? I mean, inside the ring, not outside the ring, (laughs) if you know (laughs) what I mean, uh, financially. Um, I mean, the guy did, he made every single move right. He did everything right, dude. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope those people that say it's just business whenever they try to defend something a company does uh, are not the same people that uh, are mad at Triple H for doing whatever it took to cement his place in in history. You know what I mean? He had to do it. He had to do it. He had to do the steroids. Come on, he did steroids. Of course, he did steroids. Everybody did steroids. Yeah, let's say everybody. He did the steroids. He did the marriage. He did yeah. the the buddying up with the certain people. Like he did everything. He 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 put the thumb on certain people just because in service of what he thought was right for himself and for the business going forward. Doesn't mean he was always right, but I also think that it's underappreciated what he's tried to give back. Like I I don't know if he feels apologetic for it, but I'll accept what he's done as an apology. You know, like trying to transition out of activity and ushering the future in. Like, you you know, I don't know if he's doing that to make up for things in the past, but it does make up for some things in the past. Yeah, he played the game, Liz. Exactly. That's and that's he, my he, point. He also did Katie Vick. He did the Katie Vick. You know, I'm sure that uh, he had some questions about that, but um, he went along with it. So, yeah, um, if he's apologizing for doing Katie Vick by signing good young talent and bringing in you know would we have a kevin owens to be in the main event with stone cold if it wasn't for triple h ask yourself that question yeah Um, it brings up i'm gonna email over a topic for you guys a question you guys can cover on this week's next level okay uh, because i think it'd be pretty big but it it pertains it's a little bit of a devil's advocate when it comes to triple h Mm -hmm. and nxt so we'll save that for you guys this week a little teaser to make sure that everybody's tuning in wednesday morning 11 a.m correct Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's hopefully. Right. So I'll shoot that over to you. So let's get let's get into the action here. Night two. Let's get back on the flow. We're opening things up here. We'll get through this one pretty quick because it's more about the post match shenanigans than it is the match. RK Bro getting us going. Randy Orton and Riddle out having a good time. They're the straight babies in this thing. We've got the uh, Street Profits on the challenge. They've been playing a little bit of that tweener. Still having fun, but in the build, been much more aggressive than we've seen. Then we've also, we've got the, uh, that no one likes here, the Alpha Academy, mm-hmm. Chad Gable. Oh, and, shoosh. And Otis. Uh, this thing gets 1130. What, what really got me inside of this match, I mean, it, you're going to have the chaoticness of the triple threat going on. We got two really nice top rope finishers kicked out of, not broken up by, because there's you know no reason to use all the people that we have at ringside straight kick out ofs, but then not even the most entertaining RKO in this match ends it clean. Obviously, it's all about the post match shenanigans. They get the the new uh, Gable Stevenson in, to, you know that they just signed the Olympian, the, the decorated college athlete. He goes after. We'll just call him for. Uh, we don't confuse anyone here. Shorty G hmm. takes the big toss. 
post-match. Vet, what did you think of the open of night two? I didn't care about any of it. But what I did notice was that the, um, you know, everything you said, like kicking out of the finishers and lots of flips. And, you know, this is just one of those. This this match would be right at home on Dynamite with a bunch mm -hmm. of people leaping out of the ring at each other. Uh, but if you notice during all that, what was everybody really there to see? Head. No, no, no. That's what everybody wants. What were they there to see? Uh, the RKO. Exactly. Yeah. It was just one simple thing that they've seen a million times at this point, and they still just wanted to see that. They they all paid for their ticket, whether it was both nights or just this night, and they were like, whatever about these other you know, five guys, where's Randy Orton's RKO? That's all they wanted to see. Anything and with maybe the outshadowing, though? Because Riddle's RKO, it was a pretty smooth... You had Ford selling. I mean, he the way he could work his back on that landing, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. they hit it pretty good. Did that outshine a little bit of of Randy's? A little bit, a little bit. But the whole idea with Randy is he wants Riddle to get at a certain level, and mm -hmm. so that was that had to have been approved by him. So because um, he's smart enough to know, hey, that's going to take some of my shine. So he wanted to give him the shine. Uh, it should have finished the match, to be honest. Right. I that's mean, what I thought. Yeah. So. So, so even though the people came to see Randy Orton's RKO, I'm sure they would have been just as fine going home with that one if that's the finish, and and you know that's not what we got. And then, and then Gable, uh, he was on night one too. They showed him right, and he come out at some point or something like that. So we got two two nights of Gable Stevenson here. Yes, they did. He came out the first night with Stephanie, uh, right. and he had the, the very nice um, knitted sweater on. Mm. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, big fan of that sweater, RVV. You like yeah, that one? I, I add that to the collection if, yourself. If, if that's a if that's a trend, uh, I don't know if this is the world I want to live in. No. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So that that that's me. I just it was just you know. Yeah. Big Ray, quick thoughts on uh, the opener here. <laughs> um, I I'm not gonna add much to what the vet said regarding it was a get your shit in type match. You know, I don't want to use that term. Everybody uses it now, but. Yeah, dives and you know they got their shit in. Uh, they got the Gable Stevenson shit in. Uh, they got the RKO shit in. Um, the the one thing that that I, I did notice is, and I hate to use the term. I sound so so stupid, but like like how much fun it seems that that Riddle and 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 Randy Orton are having together. So there there are times that I saw my I saw myself like kind of smiling at my phone, like I, I you know. Just enjoying it. Um, wasn't anything crazy. Uh, good, good, good way to get the crowd, I think, hot and and ready for for the action tonight. So I thought it was, you know, it was it was a good opener. It was okay. Also, also important to point out, guys. Uh, five guys in this match brought in to NXT by Triple H, and one guy in Evolution with Triple H. Mm. So maybe we should do a Triple H count going forward this night of WrestleMania. Uh, to, to talk about how instrumental Triple H has been in the past several years. Well, uh, we, we can move on here. I was interested in how they were going to handle this next match. That was the intrigue for me. This, this could be a make-or-break moment, and really, you know, where we're going to go forward with some individuals here. Almost in the last couple weeks, picking up some steam, uh, you know, last-second booking here, just squashing people. Who was going to challenge him at WrestleMania? We found out on the uh, the go home week. Bobby Lashley back in action. He's going to take on the big man here. Be the first to send him off of his feet, and it turns out he's the first to give him a defeat. 
Man, this is kind of tricky. Vet, is is this it for Elmos? I mean, you beat him now. I mean, mm-hmm. What the hell you do with a giant like this after you beat him? Well, that's a good question, but I mean, look, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, what I'll say, just what I've seen, actually, the mat. So, so the the match I liked the most, I think, at last year's WrestleMania was whatever match almost was in AJ and him versus New Day. I think it was like overall, I thought that was the best match. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't the prettiest match, but you know, with the story and the way it all played out based on the players that you had, I found that to be the one match where I was like, yep, that's exactly how it should have gone. Whereas every other match I was shaking my head, this not really the same feeling, but what I saw almost like when he's in there, yeah, he doesn't really know what he's doing. And remember that conversation, Ray, we had about Bobby not being able to work? Okay, well, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be hard to have a match with a guy that can do nothing because you just have him do the least and you sell it. So that's what working is. Uh, Bobby Lashley tried to have a match. That's bad. Um, but you look at Omos move around the ring, and he's really pretty good footwork-wise when you compare those giants that they've had in the past, like the giant Gonzalez's, the great Kali's, you know, those, those type of guys that they've tried to push as like a spectacle, like he can move decent. He just doesn't know what to do. And he's trying to learn on the job and that's just not enough time. So, um, there's definitely something you could do with him. Uh, but they have to like give him that, like, you know, put him in that, that that compressed time chamber and and really just let him work on some stuff and and bring him back when he's really ready that's the other thing they always have these spectacle guys and they pull them up before they're ready everybody even brock like they pulled brock up before he was ready because they just want him now because you can't have a guy like that in developmental potentially killing people accidentally with his own strength right Mm -hmm. i guess and they they just want to they just want people to buy a ticket just to be in the same room as him and see his size for you know for what it is that that spectacle but real quick to kind of backtrack as well it was it too soon to two nights of uh the introduction we got of of gable stevenson i mean are are they they kind of put themselves in a corner now where he's got to be somewhere on that main stage Mm, it, it it depends when they actually plan for him to debut because uh, you can keep putting him in in our minds if he's not ready now i think since he just won another ncaa championship or whatever i think yes. that's the last of his commitments and now he can join the WWE full time and they signed him way before he was done with that stuff with the idea being that you know this job is waiting for you when you're done uh so that time could be now um but yes it will be too soon and there aren't that many Kurt Angles, right? Mm-hmm. And even even Kurt Angle, like to a trained eye, was very green for a long time. Uh, but he's just so much further along than other guys at that level that the fans couldn't see it. They just saw an awesome, hardworking machine, which he was. Um, so we'll see about we'll see about good old Gable there. But uh, as for the future of Omos, I don't know, but you can't just throw him in the garbage. Like mm. you invested all this time in him and he's done the best he can. Um, I'm sure he wants to do a good job. Um, this match was okay for what it was not good for the fans. Uh, not a pretty wrestling match or, or a good exhibition by any means. And it, the, the, the booking itself is kind of head scratching, but you know, I mean, Ray, it seems too late you're, agreeing, now. you're agreeing with a lot of what the vet's saying here. What did, what kind of feeling did this leave you with Bobby Lashley? 
<sighs> I totally understand what, what the vet meant by him not being a good worker. Um, I was also in fear for Bobby Lashley that entire fucking match, and it proved me right. How often do you look at a guy like Bobby Lashley and say, I'm afraid for that guy? <laughs> Bobby Lashley <laughs> yeah. looks so tiny. Dude, number one, Rick, I agree a thousand percent. Um, or maybe the vet said it, I'm sorry. But um, this guy almost moves around like a guy his size shouldn't. And also, he exudes charisma. He's a charismatic man. Charismatic man. A, a, a scary guy. He should be scary. He's seven feet tall. He's not. And the thing is that he's not skinny fat like Giant Gonzalez. He's not just fat like the big show. He's a giant fucking diesel. Oh, he's not like a great Kali who was just big up top and tiny in the bottom. Like, you know, like a potato with fucking sticks sticking out of it. No, this guy is just a giant diesel brolic dude that will rip your face off. Now, the one spot in the match that obviously sticks out to me and the one where I literally just put my hand in my, you know, my my, my face in my hand, the whole face palm, you like, oh, my God, was when almost picked him up and I could see it. Vet. I know you can you could see it. When he was going to drive him into the turnbuckle, he was too high. And Bobby Lashley went ass first into that turn, that top turnbuckle, and his head just fucking bam hit the. Thank God they have those uh plastic uh, whatever the hell those are those plastic barriers with the LED lights on it. That probably saved uh, Lashley's life, right, guys? Because he seemed to just shrug it off. Mm -hmm. So that's probably thank God that thing was on there. If it was NXT, he'd be dead. Because he doesn't use that. He used the old, you know, the old ring post. Um, but all that being said, um, match went on too long. Um, I agree with the vet again. Uh, he gave, Lashley gave the big match guy. Match went on too almost, long. It was six and a half minutes. It still too went long. on too long. Too long. <laughs> Should be a three-minute match. And on top of that, when you go long with a guy that big and that green, you're just giving him more opportunity to fuck up. Mm -hmm. Which he did, and he almost killed Bobby Lashley. Um, and I don't know if that spear to the back was supposed to happen. No, I think I, they got confused. They got turned around. Right, but it's, Com it's commentary say that they sold as uh, trying to go for the kidney there. And again, yeah, commentary, it worked. It worked. Commentary saved the fucking night again. Remember with the kick. Remember with the front fit, front kick. We were talking about the yeah. girls. They did it again, bro. Commentary was on point. The, the only week. thing I want to add on here it's for time. Big it's Men, it, it looks ridiculous. When you're seven foot tall and random, mm -hmm. sorry, don't throw uppercuts. Come yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell is he throwing uppercuts for? Mike Tyson throws uppercuts because he yeah. was shorter than most heavyweights. Yeah, well, all right, now let's George Foreman. On. George Foreman came over the top. This, I really want to talk to you guys about, this, especially that get his take on this. Ray, I think he might fall more along the lines of me on this one. Okay. I was a jackass, Mark, growing up. The last actual time I went to a movie and sat in a theater, it was a jackass movie. Johnny Knoxville's out here, Sami Zayn, anything goes. And, brothers, anything went in this thing. The, the only thing that left me feeling disappointed was the absence of Steve-O. Yeah. I love this thing. Mm -hmm. I know it was a complete train wreck, carny as carny can be. That's what it had to be. If it was anything short of this, we would have been sitting here disappointed that they didn't jackass it up enough. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> go ahead. First, first, well, you're going to be surprised. First of all, Mike Martin is asking, is almost on the next round of Mania roster cuts? No. I say no, but no 
but that doesn't mean that they don't think that because there are marks up there. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, oh, you hurt Bobby Lashley. Well, who trained him? So it's like, mm. who, is that his fault? Anyways, so I say no, but you guys think no? No? No, I, I, I'm with oh. you. I, I think, you know, there has to be some serious attention to recrafting. They've hurt themselves by putting him down like this. But you're right. There's there's too much money still on just the spectacle. And right. he he lost he lost to fucking Bobby Lashley, a right, two-time right. WWE champion who's a, um, a a great MMA fighter and just a badass. So it's not like he lost to fucking uh, Johnny Knoxville. I, I'd, I'd really like to see some kind of <laughs> twisted way to get maybe him Lashley and MVP together. Yeah. Oh, wow. And him and he, he and and Lashley's known for ending things, right? Winning streaks, master lock challenges, you know, it's not like out of the out of the precedent. So uh so moving on to the, the the jackass match. So remember what I said about um we see everything every week all the time and then we're expected to pay for it again. Now here you have an anything goes street fight, and wouldn't this match have you know hit so much better if uh, we didn't see garbage street fights on every single show, every single week. Everybody in AEW is having a street fight match with with props for no reason. Every every holiday, the WWE has a blank street fight where it's Thanksgiving or or 30, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street where they're hitting each other with candy canes and turkeys and shit like that. Like, if you saw none of that all year, and then you saw this match. You'd be like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. But we already see this with everybody. So it, now it's just Johnny Knoxville doing it again. I, I, right? We, but what we see there is still lesser than what this was jackass. It is. It this is. Was to the extreme of all those other things we've seen. I know, but I know, but they had to do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. why not? Why cheapen this even, even if it is crazier? Why still? Why do we do that other stuff so much? We don't need it. We need it for times like this. We need to save it for times like this. For WrestleMania, for big moments, for celebrities, for things that we wouldn't normally see. This stuff is commonplace. That's why That's why I hated not the match, but the fact that I'm tired of this match already. Like, I, I I'm will, tired of it before I ever even see it. I, I will say, you're right, going in that we do regularly see it across all promotions, programming, this sort of stuff. But this did take it to another level. I had a lot of fun with this one. But you're right. If they come out tonight, Monday night, if they try to do it Wednesday, if they try to do it Friday, they're not going to be able to equal this. So I'm going to be way more turned off than I was before. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm the wrong person because... I doubt everybody watches as much wrestling as I do. So if you only watch WWE or whatever, then you only see their street fights. But everybody's doing street fights. Everybody. MLW. Everybody. It, it, it sucks. Like, I'm tired of it. And there's no reason for it. It's just, oh, here's a street fight. Cold street fight. No angle. No nothing. So that's why I would have, you know, I wished for the sake of this that... Um, I had not seen that all this up. The other thing I would say, and I can't believe I'm about to say this sentence is, guys, uh, don't you think you should check multiple times before the show if your giant mouse traps and your ball-kicking foot machines are going to fucking work? Mm. 
You know, like that's not a tip as a wrestler that I was hoping to give to a wrestling company on a podcast, but apparently I need to like go through double, triple, quadruple, quintuple, sextuple check. Make sure that boot's actually going to kick when you pull the lever. Make sure the mousetrap is going to close when you pull the lever. Who's on mousetrap check today? Yeah, like clearly no one. Um, So so that was fucked up. Uh, somebody mentioned the giant hand. I think they completely missed that shot, didn't they? Like it no, just they got it. They got they, it. I I just saw like the fingers after the fact. I didn't see the no. actual hand hit him. They got it the way I think they should have gotten it. Like because when I'm watching it on my phone, that shit came out of nowhere, and I fucking laughed out loud. Okay, at, in the lobby, I'm like, and I'm like, oh shit. You know, I must like, have, wow. I must have, I must have blinked and missed it or something. Well, it was but. they, they were immediately. You got to carefully watch yourself not to give away a giant hand sitting yeah, there at true. ringside. I think true. the way they shot it was was excellent. Well, no, Ray, I, I know. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, oh. you love the the body slam spot. What oh. was your favorite gimmick weapon that they pulled out here? It's got to be the fucking hand. The, the hand, hand was over to me. Dude, I, I like the well, I like the machine. I like the bowling ball. Listen. Here's the deal, man. This this was um, I found myself laughing the entire match. Yeah, it was fucked up, but that's what jackass is. And again, you know, if you're not a jackass fan, I don't think you're gonna get this. Oh, maybe you will. People just like stupid shit, and this was a lot of stupid shit. But goddamn, was Wee Man so over? I mean, that that little guy got in, and he's a strong little fucker. I mean, he picked up a grown-ass dude. In bo- this is the second greatest Sammy body Zane slam. picked up himself. Come on. <laughs> this is the greatest fucking body slam in the history of WrestleMania, only behind Hulk Hogan slamming Andre. Um, no, this was fun, man. I, I love this match. I thought it was silly. I thought it was ridiculous. I, I do agree with you, Vet, where they should have triple-checked the foot gimmick and the mousetrap tra- gimmick. Could you imagine if the mousetrap wouldn't have worked at all? That was the whole finish. Oh. That was the finish. So how much but, better it would have been if it did work though? <laughs> yeah. But they got, um, they got through it. And, you know, in man, the body slam was awesome. The kick that he took was even better to me. Wow, he could he, took he that kicked shit. the shit out of him. And that's what they do, man. Those guys are fucking crazy, man. And the, did you I, I know this is Colin's favorite part. But when uh what's his name came in when stripped down naked Party so, Boy. Yeah, Party Boy Party Boy. I know Colin was just fucking taking screenshots and zooming in and shit and i know colin has he probably he's gonna make a laminated poster and put it over his bed he's already told me you guys this week are doing your top five favorite party boy moments no we're not doing that (laughs) no that's not happening by the way (laughs) sounds believable Mm. so we we have all the uh no pun intended here zaniness that we have going on Uh in the anything goes knoxville going over (laughs) sammy Zayn match you know one of the things i did say to those i was watching night two with I said, man, it's going to suck to have to reestablish wrestling after this. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad for anyone that had to go out there. And lo and behold, I think we all knew who was going to be in that spot. And they most certainly were. Every woman ever. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the women's fatal four-way match. And you know what? I got to hand it to them. I don't really put it over the match itself. But they were able to go out there. They didn't completely lose the crowd that you know that was having so much fun from the match before. I think they handled it right. You you run the boss out there first. You, you get the glow going. You have the boss coming out looking sweet in the you know in the mm-hmm. ride. Mm-hmm. She's you know they're looking good. 
Uh, boner alert everywhere. Jeans were popping everywhere when you have Liv come out there with the whip. We got the dominatrix stuff. So, you know, the entrances were good here. All the ladies look good. Uh, and then the match happened, and we get through it. And we have new women's tag team champions. Mm. Yeah. Ray, we'll go to you if that's here, right? <laughs> I think I made it very clear when on the Facebook. Yes, uh, I forgot. You actually gave me warning you were going to step away during this match. So. I, 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 no, well, I did watch some of it, um, but I wasn't paying attention because I didn't give a shit about it. And this was within that 5% of the 95% I didn't give a shit about. So, um, hey, uh, Sasha, Sasha, um, Sasha Banks is a fucking star. Um, Naomi is a fucking star. And um, they're going to be, I think they're going to be good. Uh, I guess women's tag team champions. I didn't know they had so many women's tag teams in the WWE. Uh, we don't. It's just everybody tossed oh, together. That was everybody in, in the build. Yeah, the, re- yeah. the remainders. Who's left over? You're a tag team. We got a match. <laughs> Vet, real quick. Any uh, anything here from the ladies? Uh, uh, you're. I, I feel bad for them. Um, this is like they all get kind of thrown into this. It's as like a consolation. Like at least you're on the show. So. I'm sure they got compensated for it. Yeah. No. No. No problem. Um, they got to have their match. It was not a uh, good match in any sense of the word, but um, you know, it, it had to be there. It had to be the they had to be the buffer spot. How many of these were Triple H ladies, by the way? Also, the, the also Sami Zayn, another Triple H guy. The so. Triple H ticker is in effect here. Oh, and I, I loved on social once again on social media where um, I forgot who it was Liv Morgan who came and dressed the way she did, and they she people had the whip. People were putting putting up pictures of Dodgeball, the movie, when he came with the S and M being S and M gear. Fantastic, gotta love Twitter. Uh, we're, we were going over and over, you know, those that are uh, up for qualifiers for match of WrestleMania. This has got to be up there for for many, especially uh, this had all the you know the the over the top, just not the the in ring, but the theatrics involved with the entrance with a hell of a a way to come into the arena here. Edge going over AJ Styles. Solid ass match. Incredible entrance here. And, and we get the formation of uh, a new duo, little partnership here. Damian Priest, uh, the new brood, if you will, as he uh, aligns himself with Edge. That kick it to you on this one. Um. So when I say to you guys that I didn't like this match, why do you think I would say that if you had to guess? Because you don't First. like a lot of things. That's a good guess, but we're looking for something a little more specific. I would say I, I, a few things was maybe the length. Did it go a little too long in here? It seemed like there was... No. It's because, once again, the build to this. We have we a man for... Like, here's where you had a thing. The obvious build is like, you've got one legend... You got another legend in the making, uh, a dream match that everybody's looking forward to. Um, all this ever had to be was start out, you know, a few weeks out and say, like, you know, I want to challenge you to a match. I think this is a match that we could tear the house down. And then it gets a little bit chippier as time goes on. And pretty soon, like, this starts getting heated, professionally heated. And then by the time we're ready for the showtime, it's like we're gonna see which one of these two guys really deserves their legend status that's the whole idea behind a match like this what happened instead edge for no reason out of nowhere bashes uh aj styles head into oblivion with a chair mm. well he, he wanted the bulldog he didn't want that tag team buffoon 
No. Right. Exactly. He wanted to. So he. So Edge continues to come out week after week and try to justify this with Vince McMahon written promos. Here's another guy that should have just said no to everything that they told him to do and has the agency to do it. No, I'm not saying that. No, I'm not doing that. We're just going to have this match. And then how much more would it mean at the end? where you get the the Damian Priest sighting and then the team up. Then it's like, okay, now we've got some intrigue because we didn't have this going in. But no, all of a sudden, Edge is a cartoon character. And so now AJ has a reason to kill this guy because he put him in the hospital for a while. What do they do when they come out? Arm drags? Are you fucking kidding me? Get off the stage. Ding. Get out of the ring. See you guys next time. Maybe next time, guys. What the fuck are you doing arm dragging somebody that you want to murder? You know what I mean? Like, arm drags is for the match that I laid out, not for the match you laid out. You know? This this match is AJ pounces on him, and this is violence from the get-go. And you're not going to see any cool wrestling transitions and submission escapes and shit like that. No, fuck that. You tried to kill me with a chair. And now we're arm dragging? Are you serious? Is like, these two guys, of anybody that should know better, these guys go out and have a match like that. This was the shits. Is, is, this, a, is this a case of where... <laughs> In their mind, when this was pitched and they said, hey, you guys are going to be working together, they start, this is what we want to do. And if, if they would have laid out what you said, that where this was more of a respecting, this is a dream match coming to fruition, that would have made sense. So is this a case of just disconnect of, fuck, we had to deal with all that shitty creative. Let's go do what we want here. It shouldn't be. I mean, where you, was the you, disconnect? Like you said, why didn't someone yes. say this doesn't make any freaking sense? You have a match in your mind and they change the creative, you have to change the match. That's what a worker does. A worker, a professional. You can't have the match you feel like having. You now have to have the match they put you in. So if they amped up the violence and they amped up the uh you know, the uh the the anger and the intrigue and all this other stuff and, and you've turned Edge into an evil cartoon character coming up out of a flaming throne or some bullshit like what the hell is this about? So cool. If you do that, you don't just go into arm drags. You don't. It, no. It's just you look stupid now. No the average fan don't care. They're just like they're they're used to this. They just see this shit and they're just like, oh, whatever. I'm gonna. Have, uh, it's a good match, five stars, whatever. But no, that's not a good match. It's a good match if you said it's a good match based on the build. Okay. I have a, que I have a question for Vet. Sure. Um, remember when Ricky Steamboat had his uh, larynx crushed by Macho Man? He tried to kill mm -hmm. him. Didn't yeah. Ricky Steamboat do a bunch of arm drags at WrestleMania three? Just <laughs> I don't like that match either. Oh. Oh, okay. We're done. We're done here. Yeah. That's the one thing interesting that I've always got when you get so personal like that. It's like, oh, you fucked my wife. I'll show you. I'm going to pin you in a ring. Yep. <laughs> Let's lock up. <laughs> how, how do you clean break? That? Clean break on the ropes. You how know, you know like. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. Ah. <laughs> Ray, you got the mustache. You're the only one that can do that. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Fucking shit. The only thing I got with the entrance was they had they already had the Undertaker's plan and Triple H's plan, and then when they got scratched, they're like, shit, let's just combine them and give them that. Yeah, combine them together. Cool so, entrance. So I got to throw out there, again, this is like me being a new fan, watching this for the first time. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was going to say, were you confused by Edge's flaming throne? Absolutely. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? But if I wasn't a fan... If I didn't live through um, the whole uh, brood, I wouldn't have gotten it. You know, uh, I was like, what the fuck? I thought Edge was a good guy. 
is he a bad guy? Is AJ Styles a good guy now? Like, I was totally confused. Okay, remember, guys, I'm just watching NXT. It's something the straight only- out of the new four shorter. It was Papatine or whatever the hell. I, but I only watch yeah, Palpatine. Papa, Papa John, what? Whatever. Papa, Papa John, execute orders. Papa shot. Papa John. I don't know that shit. But um. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I was watching this. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here with Edge?" And then, listen, vet. I get. I, man, I have so much respect for what you're saying. But um, I enjoyed it. I liked the match. I get the psychology was off. It's going like to be different that. to you because you're again looking at it in the vacuum of right one guy versus another guy. So you saw a basic match, but right. it, it was funny during this match. Mm-hmm. I got a message from one of my clients, and he asked me to change their hours of operation on social media. And the match is kind of happening. He sends back. He said, "Hey, did you get a chance to do that yet?" I said, I, "I'm on it. I promise." I got distracted by WrestleMania. And I started his next one back. Did McAfee win? I said, "His match is probably next. It's Edge and Styles." Then before the end of the match, I get back from him. What the fuck is Edge still doing wrestling? <laughs> so, that's the message I got back from. Not him. still, again. And, <laughs> yes. and and can I ask you guys a question now? Again, I'm a new fan. So what's the deal with um with uh Green Arrow, the tall guy? What's his name? Uh, fucking uh, Damian Priest. Why why is he all dark now? Yeah, he's not a, he's not the Archer of Infamy anymore, Ray. Even though that would have made a lot more sense into this gimmick that he's doing here with Edge, but mm. uh, yeah, he's just he's just Damian Priest who he's he's the light and the dark side. Like he's cool and all, but when you make him angry, then the 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 Damian comes out of the priest, and then Damian he has to smash. yeah, he just has to choke you until he gets disqualified because he can't control his rage. I thought the priest was I thought a priest would be more of a heel. The priest is the baby face, right? Come it's on. it's like they're they're trying to refine what punishment Martinez was. Well, it's 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 all lost. But it's such the a- Ar- the Archer of Infamy was a gimmick that I understand. Yeah, you had the arrow shit, which was corny, but it's a, supposed to be a symbolism, I guess, or just something different to do. But the idea of the guy being like he's chasing legacy, like he wants to be somebody that's remembered. Right, like that was the whole idea of the gimmick. How they showed it was just him partying with chicks and uh, pretending and to shoot. Bunny. Yeah, and yeah, and miming and miming shooting arrows. Um, but that was just symbolism. You know, the the other the other the the dual personality thing was just some corny shit that oh, didn't make shit. sense. So, are they going to bring Finn Balor into this faction? That would make sense, right? I thought Finn Balor would be having a match on this on this card, but apparently not. He no, was he, in that. He was in that damn Andrew the Battle Royal that I yeah. missed. Or Andrew, Andrew the Giant. Andrew, Bello, battle Andrew Bellows Battle, battle the Royal. Bello, Bellows Battle Royal, ladies and gentlemen, coming next year to the Hammies. Jesus Christ. Wasn't he Andrew the United States Bello. champion? Isn't Ooh. he? Yes, and he was Finn in Bell? the Battle Royal. Yeah. Who knows? Hey, you know what? Let's you know what's maybe worse than even being left off of this card. At least he got to go enjoy the weekend. He didn't have to worry about anything. Sure. Uh, so next up we have got not only do we not have enough room for you on night one, we're gonna bump you to night two. Mm-mm. And your match is going to go a minute and 40 seconds. They couldn't get a minute and 40 seconds on the night one. So they're not, they're still scrambling to make room for these guys. Night you would have thought you would have thought with the time that they lost on that Boogs match that uh, a minute and 40 yes. would slide right in. Right. But, but Sheamus and uh, Ridge Holland with Butch, uh, they go over oh. the new days. Hold on. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. I got to jump in. First and foremost, that was this. This is another match that was in that five percent, and we're done after that. I liked everything else, um, bro. 
what the fuck did they do to this kid Pete Dunn? It is fucking terrible. Excuse like me, Butch. awful. Butch. Fuck Pete. It's Pete fucking Dunn. What What's the worse? hell? What's worse? Pete or Peter? Pete Vet. or Butch? Vet, wasn't this guy breaking people's fingers every goddamn week on NXT? Yeah. And now they're grabbing him by the back of his belt buckle, trying to pull him over with one arm. Like he's a little pest. Like he's this that, is, hold on. This is, he's, 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 this is the Christmas story. He's that little guy. He's the little guy from Christmas story. What yeah. the fuck with, with Brock Lesnar, the tall Brock Lesnar kid? This is, this is 100% a Vince McMahon idea. Oh, you can just no. see it. If you know oh. what you're looking at, you can just see this. Like, this Fucking is what no. his vision is for this guy. Now, I oh. said this earlier, but, uh, you know, just to clarify my position, the idea of, I can see if this is the only way they can think of to bring him in as like, he's like this, this role. Okay. Like, all right, I get it. It's not maybe ideal, but I don't know if P Dunn could get over to the degree uh, that he would want to doing what he used to do there, not in WWE, not with those people, mm. you know, running the show. So I can see this gimmick working for him, but naming him Butch, there's no reason for that. You've already spent the marketing to let everybody know he's been Pete Dunn for five, six years or however long it's been. So it just seems weird to change it. And what's better, Pete or Petey or Butch? Well, whatever, Pete. Pete Dunn. He could just be Pete Dunn. Ridge Holland gets to be Ridge Holland. They didn't call him Ridge. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's there's like only one, there's only one Ridge. Yeah, there's only one Ridge. That's Von Wagner. That's but, the cranial Ridge. He did, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so the name is the problem. It's not so much the idea of the gimmick. You can like the gimmick. You could take or leave the gimmick. Um, <laughs> but it's the butch that 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 really sucks. Got to put it with media M5. Let me add him. Yeah. I'll splat him. That's what he is. He is scrappy. That's dude. the gimmick. That's Vince the gimmick, McMahon. Yeah. Was in what was probably babysitting his grandchildren. They were mm -hmm. watching. You remember when Scooby Doo met the Undertaker, and, and uh, he was watching that. Scooby Doo at WrestleMania. Oh my God, that is that Pete Dunn is scrappy fucking do. Yeah, he's oh, he's God. done. He's done. All oh right. Lord, God damn, <laughs> that poor would, kid. Would would you say that though that that uh, that Dunn is the ultimate transition? A tranny? They took away his Peter and made him a butch. Oh, that we're, we're done here. We're done. Where's the gorilla monsoon for him, right? Yeah, you stop. And he didn't think the, the the madcap gimmick could get over. Look at him killing it here this morning, bro. Pete Dunn, like it's it's blowing my mind how fucking terrible that was. And again, again, remember I'm watching this. The last time I saw Pete Dunn, he was doing the fucking. He had the mouthpiece in. He's doing two fists to the face, breaking people's fingers, fighting Italian guys. You know that that, that are mob bosses. Now he's a fucking cartoon guy. I, 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 I agree with, you know, Hameen regularly says, you know, especially here on the Monday Locker Room, I never got to Pete Dunn. The finger, the finger thing never got me. No one ever, like five minutes later, no one's ever even selling the damn thing. He never really broke anyone's hand, fingers. It's more of like a yeah, hyperextension. It. It's a hyperextension okay. of the finger. Just uh -huh. pop it right back in. It's like jamming, you know, when you play basketball. Butch, you butch or whatever, man. It, wow. Minute 40, new day's done. Kofi Mania, what a hell of a run you had there. You're minute 40 getting bumped around the WrestleMania card. All right, we, we got the uh, – I guess I get to say this twice. Twice in, a, in an episode. Oh, I'm ready for this one. <clears throat> Let's get ready. Uh, Pat McAfee, you know, they got it in the highlight reel. He even makes – was this was this Rip's WrestleMania debut? He gets uh, in yeah, the, uh, the promo that. package. Pat McAfee, he's a Rip Rogers guy. 
McAfee at the show, and it's been his dream. They, they got Rip in there with the training vignette. Pat McAfee out there mixing it up with the uh, the anointed one, mm. the, the future John Cena-ass superstar, Austin Theory. This this was fun. I, I like this one again. You got a celebrity that has just a little more extensive ties in, uh, the, the same training resume as our own vet here, if you will. Uh, McAfee out there shining, him and uh, – Theory, the first part of this match here, uh, Vet, what would you think? Um, You know, it was okay. If you know Pat, you've known what he can do. If you saw his match with Adam Cole, you know that none of this should be a surprise, but a lot of people didn't. Uh, so this would be their first look at him. They've just seen him behind the desk or on his podcast. And so I would say not, not a mention of any of that. You know, we did get a little bit mm-hmm. with the training with Rip, but nothing with the NXT. Right. So yeah. for whatever reason, they didn't want to show that, probably just because it was Adam Cole. Never happened uh, this way. Right. Um, which they didn't show Adam Cole in the package, but if you notice, you know, the theme, I, another theme I saw this whole weekend was, you know, with the Hall of Fame and everything was there's people that they got on camera that they normally, you know, in the past, they definitely wouldn't have from getting Andrade right there sitting next to Charlotte at the Hall of Fame. And they had JTG bring up Shad's family at the Hall of Fame, which he's oh, that looked NWA incredible. right yeah, now. That, that looked great. You know, that was really awesome. It was the only thing they could do, but in the past, I feel like the WWE wouldn't have done it. So, like, they've lightened up on some certain things. You know, bring in Cody Rhodes, for example. So, like, they've shown that they're maybe a little bit more lenient on some of this pointless, you know, petty bullshit that they've done in the past. And so that was nice to see. So it's oddly, you know, Pat Pat McAfee's match with Cole was exercised from the video package, but... Uh, nonetheless, you know, this was, well, you know, it was what it was. Austin Theory's not really uh, good enough to make this make sense. So it was really just a get your shit in thing. Um, and they did that. And uh, I thought that was a good job on their part. Uh, Big Ray, you got, we'll do the transition here. You've got uh, McAfee goes over, goes over on Theory here. Post-match here, this is where, you know, with the rumors, what we had heard the rumblings weeks ago, was this going to be Vince McMahon? Is he going to get out here? Is he going to get involved in a match? Lo and behold, it and this <laughs> did, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. What the hell is McAfee calling him out for? Well, you know, Vince McMahon did, uh, from what I saw in the uh, the, the recap. What, what is Vince now, 77? I don't know. Maybe you guys could look that up. I, I'm on that while, while you're giving us your take. But um, first, I got to say that I loved the Pat McAfee entrance. I think Elizabeth made uh, made a point of uh, in the chat. Uh, the people were just fucking behind him with that with that chant. Um, I loved him punting the ball into the crowd. That was fantastic. Seven um, Seven Nation Army is over, dude. That's a song that you hear like in pop culture a lot. So there's good. a reason for that. So good, man. It, it has those rhythmic. Uh, you know that rhythmic gimmick in the music that just oh, makes you want to chant. You got the the, the Dallas cheerleaders out oh, there. Oh my gosh! Right? It was it was it was it was great. Like the way they brought him in. Um, one thing I, I vet, you know me, vet. Mm. We work together. What's mm. the one thing Pat McAfee fucked up on in that match? It's a fucked little up. thing. The one thing. Oh, shit, he shouldn't, I don't know. He shouldn't have. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. He never took off his gold chain. The gold chain. Yeah. The gold the chain. Gold chain. Did you see the gold chain? Did you think of me that when 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 you saw the gold chain? No. I just thought, you know, like in addition to the gold chain, I'm also like, 
your ring gear for WrestleMania and your big WrestleMania debut is everything you wear except your tank top is sparkly now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, after we've been told this is your ultimate dream, that outside yeah. of you know being named like the all-time greatest punter, you know all the right. accolades, Super Bowl, this is the dream and sparkly tank top. Um, so <clears throat> as we transition into the uh, sparkles, these <laughs> sparkles <laughs> into the uh, into the match with Vince McMahon, uh, this was a, a surprise for me, and it wasn't a bad surprise for me. Uh, I was like, oh shit, this old man's gonna really. What are they gonna do? Is he really? Is he gonna take off his shirt? Took off his shirt. He had the old Vince McMahon black, uh, you know, uh, wife beater on, though, or I'm sorry, ribbed tank, as they call it now, uh, underneath the shirt. He comes in. He, he does what Vince McMahon does. He wrestles fucking terribly. And not only that, he wrestles terribly, and he's an old man. <laughs> so um, that was uh, interesting, but it was like a fucking car wreck. Like, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. I couldn't take my eyes off. I couldn't stop watching it. It's like it's like when somebody sends you the video of somebody's arm slowly getting chopped off or something like horrific, and you you don't want to watch, but you can't. You just want to see what it looks like when they it finally was like get the through. faces of fear videos. You yes! just watching this. the monkey. Remember the monkey? <laughs> Anywho, um, so Vince McMahon, man, uh, he goes over. He goes over strong on Pat McAfee. <laughs> It's Ray, what you're saying? Because I mean, that was the edge of the seat. Like, oh my God, is he like gonna punch him and kill this guy? Is he gonna take a like? Would oh it have been God. okay if like Vince McMahon did something and died in the ring? Would we like be mourning this right? That's now? what I was worried about. But um, you, but to answer your question, why did he call out Vince McMahon? Well, um, in in the review gimmick that he did before the match, you know, Vince McMahon made it very clear that the Austin Theory is his guy. And um, I think the the last time they ran, he was, you want me to fire you? You want me to fire? So maybe maybe that's why you know he kind of called out Vince McMahon. You know, hey, you're not so tough. You know, fuck you. You're my boss. You know, I don't know, bro. I I, I have no answer for that. I'm just trying to think it through here and talk I mean, out loud. Is, is McAfee, is McAfee seen the same Vince McMahon we have all seen? Uh, he's 76 years old. You're 34, 36 Jesus. years old, and you're going to kick his ass. Uh, just the, the logic behind the upside there, but Vince gets the win. I mm. did like Vince working the crowd with the fake punts. And then wait, I wait. guess... He had, he had to do something, right? <laughs> oh, yes. right. I'm sorry. That finish... Although although terrible was the also of doom <laughs> was also fantastic because the timing it takes to drop the ball and kick it into the guy's face that's not easy. Yeah, like, I can't what, believe what, that went well. Right? I cannot believe it. <laughs> of everything Holy else that shit. did not go well, it was perfect. Well, I think you guys would agree though. We're all waiting for we're all waiting for the moment the glass shatters. Mm. Yeah, this yeah, I did it, not get spoiled somehow. You did not get spoiled? No, I didn't see Vince McMahon get in the ring. I did not see Stone Cold, so I didn't know this was coming ahead of time. Yeah, so, but, so we, Stone Cold out, and it, it stunners galore. Uh, the first one, Theory takes one, sells like a champ. Now, Vet, I'm going to turn to you on this one, man, because I can know you've been waiting to break this one down. Oh, uh, jeez. Well, so when Vince McMahon comes out there, and, and as soon as he takes his shirt off, like... And starts moving around. This he looks like he's a marionette, like somebody <laughs> is up, up in the rafters at AT and T, and he's like, yeah, just like the clotheslines yeah. like off. Everything's just yeah. no, I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, and now and and Pat McAfee is just bouncing off him like a like a pinball, you know. 
and and trying to do his best to make this this is where pat mcafee gets a worker award for trying to make Vince McMahon look like a moving human being and not like you know pinocchio before he becomes a real boy so um look at, look at that comment in the chat right there by elizabeth yeah elizabeth says vince wanted a match to show up triple h my incurring career isn't over pal yeah exactly well it is now because uh because what happens here when steve austin comes out huh. like right he he gives he gives vince mcmahon the boot and the marionette and and the puppeteer like i guess he lost control and vince mcmahon stumbles into the ropes and then as as steve austin tries three times to grab him for the stunner right then someone cuts the strings and the puppet falls to the floor and steve austin just takes his own ass bump so so you know the the it's very hard to get puppeteering correct uh and and the timing it's a masterful lost art mm. and clearly they pulled in a novice to do it um knowing wwe they probably fired their longtime puppeteer and just said anybody can do this and brought in a guy off the street to manipulate vince but uh yeah just disgusting looking like this did not need to happen not by any stretch of the imagination it was so bad though that it was good i'm sorry dude <laughs> like like right, i said i, I, mean, I found myself entertained by this moment you know you know we, we throw we, we throw that word people throw that that wrestlemania word around moments there were a lot of big moments that I think people are people are going to talk about the mousetrap. They're going to talk about the midget slam. They're going to talk about the, the the kick to the face in the Bianca match. They're going to talk about um, Vince McMahon. They're going to talk about Stone Cold Steve. Like, like I could just go on and on and on. This was a sh like from top to bottom, bottom to top, and we're going to get closer to the main event soon. All moments, all incredible moments, all, all so much so that the main event actually, I think, took a backseat to all the great moments before that. But we'll talk about that down the line. Real quick on this, one of my favorite moments, though, and hat tip to the production for catching this, you know, post all the stunners that we saw, is McAfee laying there laid out after his stunner, still <laughs> guzzling the beer as he's laying yeah. inside. He gets it, though. I think that guy Why not? It, Why not? Everything else went to shit. Might as well just So we've right? had, we had, we had KO. We had uh, Byron Saxton, night one. Everybody we got have it. had... Austin Theory, we have Pat McAfee. I think we can all agree Vince McMahon's not in the running for this one. But question. who sold the best stunner? Well, I was going to ask a question. Did anybody think that when Vince McMahon finally got hit by that stunner, he was literally dead there? That's what I was saying. Like I would, like I wouldn't be. I don't know if I'd be mourning this morning if he would have died right there. He got a warrior's death. You know that's. <laughs> yeah. I think Austin Theory gets the. What, what a way to one. go out! WrestleMania with oh. a stunner. See ya. I'm out of here. Fuck you later, world. Who gets yes. it, Vet? Who gets Stun the uh... stunner of the night is McAfee, the way he spits beer falling all the way down. Okay. That that made me laugh. And I'm sitting here by myself, no one around. I'm already jaded and tired of watching this, mad that I have to cram it in before I do this show. And seeing him fall down like a like a doing the timber uh while spitting beer all the way to the ground, like yes, that that was the best one. I will agree. I did, I did enjoy Saxon's night one, but I, I'll go with McAfee. He did. He did. I mean, those those three did good. I I don't think you can count Vince's because, like I said, the I, strings were cut before know. he. Unless he got to we take go it. with Ray's, it was so bad it was good. <laughs> what else could it be? That, that He's never funny. taken one good. So, so as, as Big Ray said, you know, we have had almost to the point here two nights of big moments for better or worse. You know, if, if you laughed, if you cried, if you were just in awe, so many moments, mm -hmm. this is all building towards the biggest match.
for the most stupendous WrestleMania, two-night WrestleMania, title for title, unification. That you've been talking regularly, terrible build, terrible build. If they were going to get anything right in their builds, this was it. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. I'll go to you, Vet, on this thing. With the entrances that it comes out, they're still entertaining through the entrances with Heyman grabbing a mic, Brock grabbing the mic. Did it fall apart here? Did, 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 did we get a lackluster finish to a WrestleMania? Um, a lot of people seem a little disappointed, maybe because what Ray said, though, that we didn't end on a big high or something. I think so. I think it was a little bit just because they'd been delivering on a few different fronts. So, you know, the past two nights and they had hyped this up so much. Well, first of all, it could never have lived up to the hype that they were trying to give oh. it. And also talking about the build again, like there were good things in the build, like piecemeal. But like as a whole, again, you're looking at a situation where you see everything before we even get the match. We've already seen a we've already seen a bloody Brock Lesnar. We've already seen attempted vehicular homicides on multiple occasions. We've already seen Cowboy Brock coming in and throwing security guards around. We've already seen everything, and then what is left for this match to even do, especially after following two nights of matches? Yeah. So this was never going to be good. It's not even a new match. We've seen this match like three times, four times in the past two years alone. It's it's so what else are they going to do? Um, this is just two big slabs of meat throwing themselves at each other for that. It was fine. Um, and then it you, just you think it was rushed as me. And well, I actually had it in my notes to ask that about this. <clears throat> I think they called for this thing to go home early. I have no idea because I don't have a concept of the time as it was going. I did, not, I did not watch live. I don't know, it, you know. Well, it looked, inside of the match, I guess when you watch it at any point, they got confused. There was a, when the spear of the back happened in this match, you could tell there was some kind of miscommunication. So they had to go back to the spot because that led to uh, the Camaro lock and yeah. the pushing of the rope where you got the, and then it looked, there was some weird conversation between the ref and, and Lesnar and Reigns where it almost like they got the go home signal. So they went right to the finish. It just looked really weird in the transition. Maybe. I don't know why they would. like. But, hey, on, but this, this thing went 12 and a half minutes. That's a Brock Lesnar match. That it, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I don't really know that it would have went home early. I don't know what else they had planned to do. I don't know what else they would have felt like doing. I don't know why you would have to cut their time because yeah. they're on Peacock. So right. it's not like they have to worry about if the pay-per-view providers unless they still are on some pay-per-view outlets and there's a time restriction there, there are they, they do they, i mean outside are. of okay. the u.s borders so then so then if that's the case maybe that but um i i don't know i also don't know why they wouldn't leave enough time for these guys uh you would have thought they would have cut the new day match again God, if they hey, knew. we gave that new day a minute 40 we gotta go well, remember right. triple, triple h took 15 minutes yeah, Triple H took 15. really take 15? Was it really 15? Yeah, it was 15 minutes. Yeah. I, remember I thought you were making a Triple H joke there. Oh. Um, well, I guess you're right. It would have been 20 minutes if it was a Triple H joke. But, um, but yeah, so the one thing I would say about this match that pisses me off is, you know, that spot with the spear into the Kimura um, was obviously a big spot uh, because it's like, is Roman going to tap out here? And 
when Roman gets caught in this, and people that listen to me know one of my pet peeves, what's the first thing Roman does as soon as he gets caught in the in the oh yeah, my arms my arms about to break and I'm about to lose this title unification match, but let me brush the hair out of my face real quick first. Fix my fix my hair. Right. So fuck you, Roman. Um, but damn. I mean, Stick. I don't know, man. It was it was it was it was fine for what it was. Was it flat? Did people expect another angle at the end? Did they want the rock to come out? I think that's uh, what the expectations were. And maybe not that I think a lot of people were thinking rock. They're waiting for the if you smell. Yeah. And then what sense would that make if he did that? Because then it's like, well, where were you the rest of the entire two nights? You know what I mean? Like he just he it's just rock, man. He just flew he's in. Making yeah, movies, bro. Eating pancakes. I just flew in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no? So so yeah, of course. But that, that's R- exactly. riding his horse-like daughter up up a hill somewhere. But we did, we did. Yeah, and he also just happens to know in his busy life when the exact end of WrestleMania would be, right? So, anyways, maybe that's what people were hoping rock, for. But the Rock controls all time and energy and uh, oh, yeah. the stratosphere, the universe. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Mm. I apologize, Mr. Rock. Please don't erase me. But, uh, but yeah. So that's the thing but i mean this is just continuing a, a long stretch of flat wrestlemania finishes starring roman reigns where everybody's mad i mean <laughs> they're they're less mad because they like this version of roman reigns but come on look at some of the ending the streak boo i'm a babyface. boo beating triple h <laughs> uh boo i'm a babyface. boo like people hate roman reigns this is mm-hmm. this is shit you know they're used to wrestlemania's closing and being mad at roman reigns so this would just be another one Ray, where, where were you at at this time of the night? How were you feeling? And well, your thoughts, what's next for Roman as well? At 11.34 p.m., I tweeted this out, and I quote, Michael Cole, there's never been a match to unify both world titles. And then I put a, uh, and I tagged uh, Chris Jericho pops in with, uh, you have made the list. Isn't that one of the biggest moments when Jericho beat Austin and The Rock to unify both the world and... <laughs> Uh, uh, well, well, technically, Raymond, uh, you know, that was the World Heavyweight Championship ah, and the WWE it. Championship. But this one uh, was the uh, Universal Championship, ah. which is bigger than just a world. Got it. Got it. Okay, so I'm wrong there. So then let me let me just delete that tweet. Apologize. Mm-hmm. Delete. Don't worry. Everybody screenshotted that and they're going to bring it up to you later. Of course. Ten years down the line when I'm trying mm-hmm. to get a job. Anyway, so... <clears throat> Um, but wait a minute! Wait a minute! Did that happen right. at a? That didn't happen at a WrestleMania, right? It did. Didn't no, it? it happened at a, it happened at a random. Uh, That's know, what I thought it did. A random vengeance or Armageddon or one but of those. I thought, it, I thought it. Did. I know, but they said at WrestleMania. Uh, did they say uh, it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so technically, Whatever. Raymond. God damn it! All right, fine. <laughs> so all that being said, um, where was I? I was watching this match. <laughs> I was um, I was a little. I wasn't expecting The Rock to come out, guys. I was expecting Roman to win. Um, they are solidifying Roman as possibly one of the greatest WWE champions of all time with this fucking run. It's incredible. And now he has two titles. I hope he doesn't walk around with two titles. Hmm. I hope I hope tonight. That's why he's got Heyman. I hope tonight at Monday Night Raw, they have a new version of the unified I think there WWE was one floating title. around, an <clears throat> image of one floating around. Yeah, there's always images, but um, I... I I think. Now, hear me out. Don't know if it's going to be the Rocket SummerSlam, but what if? Um, well, if it's if it's Rock, you got to do another year of this, right? Because you're going the next year's WrestleMania is L.A. Right. You're well, you put Hollywood, SummerSlam. You're going to Rocks. But SummerSlam is the number two. It's right behind WrestleMania, in my humble opinion. I think SummerSlam is is now the 
I, I call the WrestleMania of the summer. It's just well, as big. I, I agree people, with you, but if, <laughs> but if WrestleMania you know. is anywhere but L.A. So is it? So my question is this. Monday Night Raw tonight. Okay, guys, depending on when you're watching this or when you're listening to this. Oh, by the way, I got to put out put it over that the replay that's usually um, on uh, Channel Attitude, the replay of this show will be for free on Podbean.com a few minutes after we're done with this. Maybe. So I'll be putting that up there. And uh, the Ayatollah said, yep, give it to them for free, Allah, but nothing's for free. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. So um, I wasn't disappointed because I knew who was going to win the match. It did feel a little flat. But again, that's because of everything. That, I mean, we saw, saw giant mousetraps, midgets, body slamming people. I mean, it was crazy. This WrestleMania was in fucking insane, dude. Now, what I think, now you asked me the last question, and I'll give you the answer. Where does it go from here? Why doesn't Cody Rhodes fucking uh, challenge this dude for the world title? That is it too soon for that? Monday Night Raw, tonight. Unfortunately, it's not too soon because they have cleared out everybody. There's nobody left? left. Right. And there's nobody that's even believable left because they like I like I was talking about with, you know, in the Steve Austin thing. These guys could have all been so much bigger. You know what I mean? Everyone's profile could have been raised that you want in around in and around this main event picture. Um Seth Rollins is a guy that you look at with the history of Roman Reigns and it's like why wouldn't Seth Rollins always want a piece of Roman Reigns? Mm-hmm. Like what like it, it, you know character-wise, psychology-wise, why wouldn't the, why would this guy be okay being in the same building as Roman Reigns? You know, the guy that he looks at himself as the architect of the shield and this guy is reaping all the benefits. How the hell do you just ignore him all the time and just dance around wearing suits made out of your grandmother's upholstery? <laughs> why why does that happen? And then, you know, so you end up in a match with Cody Rhodes and now Cody Rhodes beats you. So that's a little bit more off the table than Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has more of a right to even challenge than Seth does. But well, here, here's what's going to happen then in WWE fashion. You will have Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, almost everyone that lost at WrestleMania will come out and interrupt each other and demand an opportunity at Roman Reigns. And then they'll get put in a fatal five-way yes. street that fight. The, that's W. <laughs> yes. Dallas-Fort Worth street fight. Yep. Yep. And that so would, that will probably happen actually. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so it, for that reason, I don't see why it would be too soon for Cody Rhodes to run a quick program with Roman. He's not going to win. Um, they don't have anybody that can win and, and they don't have anybody that should win. And if the rock comes in at WrestleMania, he should definitely not win. There's nobody that should win. And until they figure out a guy that can win, they have to keep Roman on top like this. But they they can't just take the belt off him for the sake of it for 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 some for some reason or other until you have made a guy that can believably like yes this is the guy whoever that may be um, you, whether it's somebody new that you're getting a clean slate with or somebody that you're going to rebuild and get back on track to be the guy um, you have to leave this belt on Roman Reigns he can't be losing it to celebrity guests he can't be losing it to guys that are just you know floating around the top but you're not going to pull the trigger on he's got to stay on top until they really figure it out oh 
Here's and, something. And you're right. How sad is it that there's no one even remotely close to being ready for that? Right. And he's gone through them all. He's gone through. He went through. Sorry, Ray. Just just real quick. He's ran through anybody that you can think of. Uh, Seth Rollins recently. Uh, Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn even. Um, uh, who else is Who else is around? That's Edge. Uh, who Who else? Well, who I guess is, by you know by default, Lashley because he just had Lashley. Yeah, they never I, maybe, really had a one-on-one. Yeah, on one. yeah, they have a one-on-one, -on -one and Lashley kind of he wasn't really put under by Lesnar, so maybe that's an option. But I have, they I, book Lashley like shit too. All right, go ahead, Ray. I have something very interesting here. SummerSlam takes place in July. Mm -hmm. Okay, weird. The anniversary of Dusty Rhodes passing is in June. Well, that's not July, so... I know it's not July, but it's leading into SummerSlam. SummerSlam is traditionally August. But it's, it's this yeah, year is July. Didn't move it up. This, year is, this year is in July. I'm just wondering if they, could, if they would do something with that. Cody Rhodes has been talking about his father's shadow. You have the Dusty Rhodes Classic, NXT, all this other stuff. Uh, if anybody's listening, that could be a, possi a possibility, but... Would they, would would that be the guy to take the belt off of Roman? Oh hell no, hell you no! You don't think so? You don't think that not only that? not only is it not a good creative idea, but that the WWE will not do that for sure. Like, well, forget your personal feelings, but look at these people; they're not going to take the belt off of him for Cody. They're gonna, they're they're waiting for the right moment to start burying Cody. They just letting him enjoy the shine now. And then they will start to pile it on. Like they'll get you one way or another. Sometimes it takes a while. Look, look at Seamus. You know, he they told him he was going to wear that outfit, and it took him a while, but he he's wearing it. You know, and that's yeah. just saying, hey, I don't want to wear that stupid outfit. Now imagine a guy goes to another company, talks shit about you for like three years, and you know all this other stuff. Say, just, they're, they're they're always going to remember that shit. Frank's Pickleball right. asked the uh, winner of the Contributor of the Year award uh, says mm -hmm. book Ziggler versus Roman. Or the vet. A lot of chin locks. Stand and deliver. Well. All right, real, real quick, gentlemen. Uh, mm -hmm. Bet, we'll start with you here. Grading scale, back in back in school, A to F. Where did, where did you rank WrestleMania this year? Um, I think versus expectations and build, you could probably have to give this an A. Take the but I'm going to personally give it like a B, like a low B. Maybe a B minus. Uh, I thought every like even the matches that I disparaged. I think everybody worked hard. I just think they worked wrong. Like in the case of AJ and Edge, they they still worked hard. But you know, and and you know the ladies in the unfortunate four way, like all that. Nothing to disparage their efforts and stuff. Um, but I think as a show, it came off as a as a B minus in total. Uh, one thing that was missing from previous WrestleManias is. It really felt like they rushed everything, and even though some parts of these felt rushed, um, I think each each important match kind of got the time it should have, more or less. Uh, it felt like a big moment, I guess, for the matches, whereas in years past, it's really felt like they're just so eager to move on to the next thing, and nothing means anything. So they did a little bit better job of slowing it down this year, I think. Um, that's just a feeling. Oh, they, they, slowed down, they slowed shit down. They slowed shit down. All right, Big Ray, you're you're great on this. Um, 
So you're gonna have to rank it against like WrestleMania threes. Uh, well, WrestleMania you get you get the curve. You get the curve. Just how you feel in the current state of pro wrestling today is we're sitting this thing. You had to give it a grade. With that, I was giving it. A, I'm I'm not gonna give it an A because of all the things that Vet said. I'll give it an A minus, uh, B plus, A minus. Uh, I'll go closer to A minus. It would have been an A actually for me. Like I said, WrestleMania three A plus. You know what I mean? I would have given it an A if the main event gave me more. Does that make sense? Yeah, whatever it might be. I mean, because all the highs, and then we kind of yeah. go out on, on a little bit of a low. Right. There, but like if it was uh, something crazy, and The Rock came out and fucking challenged Roman Reigns, and some shit like that happened, that would have that would probably would have put it over for me. But uh, I, I'll give it an A minus. Yeah, I think you know you look how much fun Austin was having. It was hard to follow him on night two, as it would have been impossible to follow him on night one. I agree with that. I would have loved to give this thing an A minus or B plus. I'm at a B minus. Ooh. And I, I think it's a lot of this had to do outside of you know what Vet was talking about from the mechanics of the ring and all that. We had at the end of this thing just WrestleMania eight plus hours of wrestling or of show and right around two hours of actual in-ring happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they've got to do something. I understand the reason why they want to hype these things up for your casual viewers. You're looking for live, watchable hour, you know, content. I get all that, but it's a drag mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly. And there's when we're running commercials for Peacock. You don't have to remind me to order Peacock. I'm watching it on your fucking network. Right. Unless you're streaming it illegally. Yes. Yeah, or or yep. if you're one of those out of markets that doesn't have Peacock, so international, like you were saying before, but. Uh, question from Classified Chappie, though. He says, important question, is this WrestleMania worth a watch for everyone that isn't interested in wrestling? That answer, I would say no. I don't think if you're not interested in wrestling, this is gonna ma- this is not going to make you interested. But I think if anybody watched it, they probably wouldn't be sorry unless they watched the pre-shows. If you're not interested in, like if you're bringing in someone that had never seen, w, you know, that, or hasn't seen it in a while, I would say what would be more hurtful if they brought it in, I think they would enjoy it and they would say, Hey, I might give this a look, but they are going to be greatly disappointed when they tune in tonight and Friday. Buckshot mm-hmm. kids has called you out. RBV only says B minus because he got suckered into watching the kickoff show. Hey, I, I forced myself. I got out of the apartment. I went and did something Sunday to make sure I wasn't just going to turn it on for background noise and get stuck watching that bullshit. Mm. Whatever. Anywho, you know what? Gentlemen, I, I want to thank you. Well, we, can we go around here, hit the plugs? We'll get out of here under three. Big Ray. All right, guys. Um, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for all the support uh, here at Hami Media as we start a new season of HMG with uh, probably brand new shows, probably brand new people joining us. Every single year, we have something new here at HMG. So thank you so much. Um, again, guys, you can join me and the vet every single uh, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For the next level wrestling review, if you don't want to watch NXT, then listen to me and Vet just talk about it. That that's awesome. Same thing uh, with the ridiculously random podcast. I can't believe we actually won. We won. Me and me and uh, and Colin. Um, thank you guys. Thank you guys, man. I, it, it's not a you know. It means a lot. A big, a big celebration <laughs> episode coming Wednesday. Uh, probably not. Uh, we'll be talking uh, top uh, top five best TV theme songs of all time. So we're spanning the 50s, the 60s, the 40s, the 30s, the 2000s, everything. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, follow me on social media at Big Ray Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Big Ray Hernandez, on Instagram at Big Ray Hernandez, and now on TikTok at Big Ray Hernandez, where yesterday I put up video of me actually telling some dude on the train to stop smoking crack on the train, which he did. He got angry. He goes, I'm just trying to smoke. And he got his umbrella and walked away. So uh, that happened. Uh, so thank you guys again. We, I don't think you guys understand how much we appreciate you. Big shout out to Ben Hameen all the way over there in Mexico. Ya Allah. And uh, I can't do it without guys like you, Rick, and guys like the vet. I mean, you, you guys make me shine. So thank you right. so much for everything. All right, vet. He left you a 140. Go. Yeah, nothing major like that. Just want to say thanks to everybody. Uh, for all your patronage, thank you for voting for me for Rookie of the Year and Pro of the Year. And I thank you privately, Rick, but thank you publicly for organizing that. It was a really fun show just to watch. Even if nobody won anything, it still would have been entertaining. Uh, but everybody won everything, so it worked out. Um, so uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, you can find me at where uh, Ray said, and also you can find me on the um, Impact Attack, which I'll be recording later tonight with uh, Colin and Brandon, and um, I'll see you then. There we go. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to keep it under three here. Hey, you're getting this one for free, but spread the good word. Hami Media Group, channelattitude.com. Ray, get us out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week or next year for WrestleMania. Come back for the Monday locker room. Y'all law.